Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I tell on. Talk Recorded live. And yes, we are. This is the health and wellness of the golden age. And guess what day it is? It's Friday, lucky the 13th of November. And how often do we get a lucky Friday to have a wonderful speaker come on our program? Yes, we have telegrams. Now, Tella, now, that is not a cliche. It is her name, Tella, T-E-L-L-A, Graham, like the cracker. And Tella has gone through metamorphosis and growth that all of us can take great deal of attention to because she has gone from the age-old way of, I got to do what the authority says. Uh, she got her first marriage license. She had her first child in a hospital with the birth certificate. And now she's going to tell us what made her change her thinking to have these new little girls she has, born at home, no birth certificate, no marriage license, yet is married to the man, her partner. And this is, uh, and Anne, she doesn't eat the crap in the grocery stores. She eats raw food and more to come. So let's turn it over to Tella. I'm going to mute everybody out if you're okay, guys, so that you can hear her better. And we're going to have Tella come on. Tella, start out by telling us what made you change your MO from doing what the authority says to saying, I ain't getting licenses. Sorry about the bad grammar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I guess I can start out by saying that uh, I was really young. Well, I mean, I was in my, um, I was 21 when I had my first child. I got married quickly before that because at the time, well, like maybe I should start with saying I'm not much of a rule follower. I never really was. My parents would probably tell you that as well. Um, <laughs> and um, so I've always been um, um, against the rules, so to speak. And so it's not a surprise that I have come to be in the position that I am in my life now. Um, basically, <clears throat> I met my, my, my oldest daughter's father, and it was a, a very quick relationship. Um, when I found out that I was pregnant, we got married, and that's what I thought had to be done. Um, so we got married. I had my daughter. I had her in the hospital. It was a very um, hard experience for me because I really had no idea what I was heading for. Um, And so I was laid on a table. They induced me, actually, and then they broke my water, and then like three hours later she was born. It was pretty quick, but, you know, you know, my doctor cut me, 
and, you know, I, I, I had to heal from all that. It was a very um, scary experience for me, actually. Um, I never, ever really ever liked hospitals. So um, being in that whole setting was quite um, traumatic for me at the time <clears throat> when I had my oldest daughter. So quickly thereafter, about four months after my daughter was born, I left her father. He um, was an abusive uh, man. He um, also um, uh, heavy into alcohol and drugs. Um, and so it just wasn't going to work out. And I wasn't going to raise my oldest daughter in that environment. I was not raised that way. So um, it, it clicked with me pretty quick um, that this is not the situation that I want to be in. And I literally left, and I never went back. Um, I had to go through the court system for visitations and all that kind of stuff. But I made the best of it at the time and tried to just go on with my life. Um, and about the time when she was... Um, Oh, well, I'll back up a little bit. You know, in the hospital, I never signed for her to get the Hep B vaccine, and they gave it to her anyways. My signature is nowhere on there. Nobody's signature is on there, but they did give it to her. Um, and it wasn't until I um, took her to a well check visit um, that changed my whole perspective on things with the vaccine world <clears throat> and all that stuff. Um, Basically, I went to the doctor's office, and they gave her, I remember, an oral polio vaccine. It was just a liquid in the mouth. And she was maybe um, two years old, <clears throat> and um, they started to tell me they were going to give her all these different vaccines. And at the time, I was just like, I don't even know what these are, you know, whatever. And they started by giving her one in the arm. <clears throat> and when they gave her that shot in the arm, she let out such a blood-curdling scream that it, I just literally burst out into tears. And I looked at the nurse, and I said, and she said, well, i got to do another one in each leg and in, in the other arm. And I said, no, you're not. We're going to reschedule. And I never went back. So um, that was the last time she ever got anything injected into her body. And um, I just... Um, did the um, exemptions while she went into, in, into her schooling, <clears throat> which, um, you know, she started off in Montessori school, <clears throat> and then we went into public school. I was very well um, integrated in a part of all that. I, I volunteered for just about everything, and I, that's when I noticed things in the school that wasn't working out for me. Um, and um, so then I took her and I put her back into Montessori school where she flourished. Montessori, I think, is a great uh, educational base um, for, for children. It's, it's so different than the Common Core and, and your regular public school system. So <clears throat> I was happy with my choices at the time. But we moved to South Carolina. <clears throat> when we moved down here, um, and I started trying to find which school she was going to go to and so on and so forth, I started looking for more Montessori schools, and they were just not up to par, you know, six, seven years ago when I moved here to where you know, the New England or up north, the Midwest states are. <clears throat> so um, basically, um, I, didn't, I didn't get to put her in anything because it just, it was, I was basically paying for them to babysit her because they really didn't have anything for her age group. Um, up, up state, up, up north, you know, like in Ohio, you can go to Montessori school from preschool all the way till 12th grade. 
But down here, they're just starting that. They're just trying to get integrated into that. So at sixth, sixth, seventh grade, they just didn't have anything for her. So we put her into a public school here, and it was a horrible two weeks for her. And she looked at me and said, Mom, I don't want to go to school anymore. Will you just homeschool me? And I said, absolutely. So that's when we did our journey of homeschooling. And, you know, we did the K-12 where they send you all the books and it's still government mandated and all that kind of stuff. And we went through that and that wasn't for us. So I started to get into the unschooling. Um, And if you read anything of John Holt, he's a wonderful, he's the guy that got the movement started on unschooling. I don't even know why they call it unschooling, but it's a form. I mean, I mean, back in the days, this is how everybody was taught. Um, So you kind of had to un- do and unravel all the stuff that you've learned from the uh, the school system, <clears throat> and and it's basically a self-taught um, uh, education. Meaning that if she wants to be in ballet, then we put her in ballet. If she wants to be in gymnastics, she she goes into gymnastics. So those are just some um, some um, examples. <clears throat> she chose to do French classes and aerial silk and take some, you know, English classes. And she also wanted to play on video games on the computer and and do all that stuff. I mean, she's highly intelligent. Um, I also believe that, you know, it starts at home. I think that the way that you treat your children and the way that you um, interact with them, that becomes their inner voice. So, you know, I look at my oldest as she basically grew up with me. So... She's probably got a little bit of a mouth on her from from all the times that I was uh, growing up as well with her. But she does have a great head on her shoulders. She's um, a wonderful, intelligent, beautiful young woman, and she's now in college, and and she's making all A's. So I I can't be any more happier with, uh, with how that has all come about, which led me then into about, well, as I had said, I, I've been here for about seven, six, seven years. I moved down here to South Carolina, and I, um, at the time, met my now husband, and we um, became pregnant about a year and a half or so into our relationship. <clears throat> and we both had the same ideals, but I'm a very strong, independent person, so I pretty much let him know how it was going to be done, how things were going to happen. And um, he just kind of went along with the ride. He was, he had never, he was married prior, previous and um, to a school teacher uh, for 13 years, and they never had any children together. So he was like 40 years old when he had his first child. <clears throat> and the experience that he got has led him into this whole world as well. It's um we decided to have no intervention in our child's birth, and we also were very much into the sovereign movement, I guess, if you want to, if you want to call it that. We're just, just being free to make the choices that we want to make. I was not willing to go to a hospital and have another birth. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit terrifying to me, and I wanted to be in the comfort of my own home, and I wanted to do it different. I didn't want anybody taking charge or saying, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to contract or sign any contracts with anybody or give my children up in that sense. 
Um, I learned enough throughout all these years that I knew that that's what I, I didn't want to go that route. So that's the route that we went. So we had our children here at home. Our first child was born in our bathtub. It was a very easy birth. She was, I I think I was only in labor for about three hours. And um, she was born. She was beautiful, born face down, um, and had been sleeping in our bed since the moment she was born. (laughs) And she's... um, I nursed her till she was, well, for about two years and four months, which then I was pregnant again. So I actually, it became hard for me to feed her for some reason. It just started to, it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable anymore. So I weaned her off and um, basically started her on raw foods. She has been a raw food baby. She's been raw food since since she ever started eating any kind of solid foods. Um, and still to this day, she, I mean, that's all she likes. She isn't interested in anything else. Um, so um, <clears throat> I did not give her any foods until she was about two years old. The most that she got were some juices and stuff because children's bodies are not developed. Their gut is not developed enough to eat solid foods until they're about the age of two. And um, <clears throat> that is why you can give a child, you know, say a pomegranate seed, for instance, and it'll come out the other end completely whole. It's never been digested. But if you eat that, it's not going to be the same way. It's because their bodies just aren't able to process it. Everything else comes out. They're not really getting anything. So really nursing your children are, is the most important thing for the first two years. And after that, you can start introducing foods. I think it also helps with any kind of allergies. Um, and, and so forth, <clears throat> which I feel, though, those stem from the vaccines and the wheat and the corn and the soy and, and all those things that are in just about everything you buy at the grocery store. So, and then we'll skip ahead to <clears throat> our youngest daughter, who is still nursing, she's about 15 months old now. The same thing. The most that she gets is just juice. Um, she enjoys it. Sometimes I'm, when I make smoothies, I give her some, some bite, you know, I, I take a spoon and, and, and I feed her some of it. She gets very excited when, the, when I make smoothies. She knows the word. She, she wants to be big and she wants to do all these things like her big sister does. Um, so it's pretty exciting. She's a much faster learner. Everything's been faster with her. Um, I also, our first daughter was potty trained at the age of 14 months. I started doing EC, which is illumination communication, with her when she was about three, four months old, <laughs> and she was diaper-free at 14 months. And we're working on that with our youngest one. <clears throat> it's been a little bit differ- different in the case that every child's different, but at the same time, I've got my oldest trying to go to the bathroom. It's because it's just a little complicated. It's it's about getting on track. It's about kind of thinking with each other, and it's harder when you got that second child because it's harder to think with them because you got a lot more going on because you also have a toddler running around. So it, it creates a little bit of a uh, an issue there. <laughs> but she is on the potty every morning and throughout the day, and she knows she will go there. 
she will stand there. She'll walk actually to the bathroom when she needs to go, when she wants to go. <clears throat> and uh, so she's almost there. might be a little bit later. But as for any other things like learning, and she's well advanced <clears throat> as well. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I've, I've got a background. I've, I've got a lot of schooling under my belt. Um, a lot of um, college under my belt for, I actually went for um, nursing and then I changed my major to biochemistry and then I just completely quit and said, I want to learn Eastern medicine and I want to go that route. So that's basically how I've, I've been with my children. <clears throat> I, don't, uh, I don't go to the doctors for any kind of issues. They don't really have any issues. If they have anything, it might be a, a cold or something that they got from, well, from all the other kids <laughs> that are getting shot up and shedding all their uh, all their vaccines, <clears throat> so um, I try not to take them into uh, places when the schooling starts in the beginning because I feel like um, I'm setting them up <laughs> to get something. If not, but <clears throat> I do have friends that have children that are in school, so it just so happens that yes, we we sometimes get catch things. Um, from being subjected to other people that have it. And uh, <clears throat> my youngest, because her body isn't developed enough, she tends to get it. And she's only had like two colds, if you want to call them colds, stuffy nose, a little irritable. But she gets over them within like 36 hours. <clears throat> my, uh, my toddler, <clears throat> she doesn't get them. <laughs> she she probably eats six or seven apples every day, and the child's amazing. She she just doesn't get anything. It doesn't matter if it comes through our house and everybody else gets it. She she's the one that doesn't get it. She is strong. Her body and her immune system is strong. She hasn't been shot up with anything. There was no intervention while her, during her birth. She was born in a very um, um, I'd say peaceful environment. Um, no bright lights and being poked and prodded. So um, even her demeanor is different probably than most children because she wasn't subjected in, 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 in those kind of ways. <clears throat> so, um, again, she doesn't get sick. Um, so her body is running at 100%. Um, and uh, my little one, she's working her way there. So these are the these are the things that I've done with my children, with myself. Um, I started by becoming vegetarian, <clears throat> then to vegan, then to raw vegan. I still am a little bit vegan because I feel sometimes that I need a little bit of extra for myself while I'm nursing. When I'm not nursing, it's easier for me to be 100% raw. When I am nursing, I feel like I need more because I'm producing, I've got to produce this milk. <clears throat> so I feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm so hungry, I just need to eat, 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 eat. Um, so that's kind of my issue while I'm, I'm nursing. But when I'm not, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm off of, I'm, I'm basically just raw. And that's kind of how our household runs. <clears throat> so there's some importances. Um, I don't know if you want me to get into this. Do you want me to start talking about 
the foods and the you know the raw vegan. Let's, let's open for questions so that you can um, see where people are with with what you've been saying and okay. have any questions at this time because vegan is another <laughs> whole and raw is another whole wonderful topic. So I'm going to unmute everybody. And if you have any questions, please feel free to ask uh, uh, Tella. She has given you uh, a very good coverage of her transition. And this is uh, the reason I brought her on is so that you can hear people can transition and do it very effortlessly if you have the full intention. I saw that, Lola, that you muted yourself. That's cool. And same with uh, Clintina. So anybody have any questions that you want to ask uh, Tella at this time? I have a question, Tella. When you're nursing the babies as old as they get, I nursed all my babies, but I didn't have that kind of stamina. But I was, I went birth, pregnancy, birth, pregnancy, birth, pregnancy. I had three and 32 months. I just didn't have that kind of strength. And my, my kids started out like at, uh, my, my third one was the lightest. He was 8.15. My others were all in the 10-pound range, so uh, 9 and 10-pound range. So it, they were big boys. How do you do, were your girls little? Were they um, easy on that? Were they good? Uh, they were definitely good drinkers. But what, uh, how did you compensate with that? <clears throat> well, when my toddler was born, um, she was born face down, and she was about seven pounds. She was about six, six, eight, seven, six, eight um, to seven pounds. She was very mm-hmm. small. I carried her for 37 weeks, um, <clears throat> and I was uh, actually I kept telling everybody that I was I'd be 37 weeks on the 30 on the 29th. 37 weeks on the 29th of November. And sure enough, she came that evening. Well, she, she, I went into labor the 29th, and she came at 2 o'clock in the morning on the 30th. So I, 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 I basically had convinced myself I was going to have her on that day, and that's exactly what I did. My labor, I, you know, it, I'll tell you that, when you don't use any, you know, I, I had the experience of going to the hospital. I had the epidural with my oldest daughter, um, you know, but it was like three hours. I mean, I was so out of it. I remember them bringing my daughter in to feed and, and stuff, and I never understood why she just couldn't stay next to me, why they kept taking her away from me. And I wanted out of the hospital, so I just stayed that evening. The, the day that I had my oldest daughter, I stayed that evening, and that was it. I left that next morning. I wanted us out of there. Um, <clears throat> With with my my toddler, you know she was she, she was small, she was perfect. She um, started feeding immediately. I mean, within minutes of her birth, I she latched right on, and I had no issue feeding her at all. I was producing plenty of milk for her, <clears throat> um, and she. She's my tiny one, but I think she takes after my husband is very, he's very tall, but his mother is very petite. And um, so I think that she takes after um, his mother. Um, so she, she's going to be a little bit smaller. Um, but that birth was, it, it, 
it's really hard to explain, but giving birth naturally without any intervention, people get scared about it, but people have been doing it, you know, centuries before this. So it's nothing new. However, it will break you down. It will change you. Because the things that are running through your head at the time, I don't even know how else to explain it, that it was a rough, well, when my water broke, she was born. She was born within 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes after my water broke. And that 25, 30 minutes seemed like forever, and it was the hardest 25, 30 minutes I felt like in my entire life. Um, but I got through it. <clears throat> And her, her dad caught her. She was born in the bathtub. Her daddy caught her. And, um, you know, I, he literally, <clears throat> after, I mean, I think I stayed in the bathtub for about two hours with her. So it was finally like, I'm so waterlogged. I got to get out of here. So, you know, we wrapped her up, and he took her. She was wide awake and um, mm-hmm. quiet. You know, she wasn't noisy or anything. And I cleaned myself up, and I you know, it did my, you know, delivered my placenta and all that stuff and um, cleaned up the bathroom and everything, called my dad, called everybody to tell them. My husband woke up. He went to bed. It was, it was you know, he had been up for, oh, I don't know, over 24 hours at that point. And uh, he and, and my little one were sleeping in the bed and I did all these things. He woke up in the morning. He just couldn't believe it. He's like, you just had a baby. You just cleaned the house. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and I, I felt fine. I, you know, when you're when you have a, a baby, I swear, it, it you, there's this chemical release inside of your body that you can't sleep. You just can't sleep. It, it's it's just this instinct, and you you can you hear your baby at every second. I still to this day have it. But I mean, it's it's there purposely for you to be able to take care of your your children. So you don't fall asleep, and you don't do you know, and you're there to to nurture and care for your children. And that's what I had. So for the first week, I didn't sleep much at all. I was, it, it was euphoric. It was just wonderful. It just felt great. I was just so excited to have this new little soul. And I was just so curious about her and just, you know, in love. And it was just love at first sight. It just is. And, I, I mean, she's my, oh, my gosh, she's my everything. Um, <clears throat> and so um, the same with now with my youngest. She was a little more difficult. She was very, very, um, the whole time I, I carried her, I carried her, and I went 41, 42 weeks with her. Couldn't believe it. I was so heavy. I was so low that when I walked I, around towards the end there, I mean, I had to literally hold my belly because I just felt so heavy, and I was like, I'm so done. I'm so ready. Will you please come out? And, um, you know, and so um, she uh she was born, she was very, um, she kept moving around, especially, see, when, when I was, when I was trying to give birth to my toddler, she was not, she did not move. She was locked into place, but my youngest was not. And I realized this after we gave, after I gave birth to her, that's why she was moving around. She was born face up. She was also 10 pounds. Oh, no. I, I, I don't know how I delivered a 10-pound baby. But I delivered her on my hands and knees, which is the best way to do it. And I didn't really know. It was my instincts. I'm telling you, my instincts kicked in. I didn't really even know that she was 10 pounds. I didn't know she was upside down in that sense. She was sunny side up is what they call it. 
until my husband, until I'm on my hands and knees, and he was like, oh, my God, she's upside down. She's face up. And, you know, so we got her out as fast as we possibly could. That was, it took 40 minutes after my water broke to deliver her, 40 minutes. That right there, I thought that my first, or, you know, I thought my toddler's birth was the hardest. Because she was upside down, she could not slide into position. And I had to literally push her and force her out for 40 minutes. It was the worst in my, that was the worst experience of my entire life. I even told my husband, if I ever have to have an upside down child again, I don't want her, I, I don't want him to come out. Please, no. It was so bad. It was, it was horrible. Sorry. I mean, it was, it was, that, that's what broke me down. My youngest's birth, literally, I was out of my mind. At one point, I said, somebody just put me out of my misery. At that point, I wanted to, you know, you get to a point where you just like, I just want to pass out. Can I go, can I just pass out and just forget about this? Can I just, because you're just so, it's so intense. And it was Mm -hmm. so it was so intense for me. Um, and, and so basically, you know, when you're face down, your face is kind of mushy. So you slide into position and you can get, well, she was upside down. So her skull was hitting into my pelvic. Mm. That's the pressure that I was feeling. And that's why the labor was so hard. It was so hard to get her out. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, but we got her out and she was very vocal and she (laughs) latched on right away. And she's probably going to be the one that gives us a run for our money. She's a little go-getter. She's a little fireball. Um, she came out roaring, and she hasn't stopped. She is amazing in so many ways. Right now she can say thank you. Um, every time she gives you something or you give her something, she says thank you. And um, she pretends like she's talking on the phone. She's got some little toys. and. Sounds like she's talking to her dad on the phone, and I mean, just amazing. She climbs. She's just. She's got balance. It's really amazing to see her in action, and she's got her sister now to look up to. So she's trying to be a big girl just like her sister. So um, that's that's my experience with um, with both of them. So different. My oldest was seven pounds seven ounces. My middle child was seven pounds, and my. <laughs> My last child, 10 pounds. In fact, when they weighed her, I was like, there's no way weigh her again. You guys are wrong. And, no, I was carrying around a 10-pound baby. But yep. I, also, I also carried her for about three weeks longer, almost a month longer than I did with my toddler. So, so major differences. And so I've experienced both ways. I definitely wouldn't wish it upon anyone to have a – of um, and a sunny side of birth, but hey, shit happens, and that's kind of you just kind of go with it, and your body will do what it's supposed to do. It will, it, it no matter what the baby's coming out. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. You're just going to have to get through it, and and that's kind of how I I prepared myself. It doesn't really matter. Um, it, it, it's gotta it's gotta happen, and I'm going to allow it to happen, and it just did. So um, there you go. Yeah. Wow, it's that big of a baby. I remember, but I had a 4-pound, 15-ounce baby, okay, in a hospital. But I remember the doctor reached inside and turned the baby over, or it would have been born sunny side up. Mm -hmm. 
So and yeah, they well, I, I went with and no they wouldn't they wouldn't give me any anesthetic because I was only four four centimeters or something, and I finally just screamed so much. They said, "Oh, humor her," and he said, "Bear down," and the baby's head came out right there in his hand, you know, yeah. after he flipped it. So you know, and then they give me an epidural, and I'm going, "Oh, fine time for this." <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, and that that really um. That takes all the pain away, um, but I just, I just didn't, you know, I had that with my first. I just didn't get to the, the experience, and I just felt like everybody was doing stuff to me, and I didn't want them touching me. And I had to lay on a bed, you know, with yep. my legs up. It was just, yep. it was very degrading, and I was 21, yep. and I was like, I am never doing this again here. Like, this is <laughs> not for me. I I am a little more modest than that, and not just mm-hmm. that. I just don't feel like this, this This is a feel right to me. Now, how I had my last two children, that felt right to me. That's I, that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, the um, next one you're going to have to teach your husband how to turn the baby over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're at that point now, and I said to him, you know, it's been about that time that I just got pregnant again, and I said, uh-uh, I need more time. I don't know about this. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for another one yet. So i got two right now that I want to, you know. Well, I, I just buy a big bag of rubber bands, and every, every time he comes at you, hand him a rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if I'm ready for it. I really want to um, I really want to delve into the girls that I have now, you know, my children now, and I just, I don't want to take my, you know, I feel kind of like my youngest took, a lot of my attention away from my 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 toddler and I and I just you know those are times you can't get back so uh, you know I, I feel like it's very important I want to spend my undivided attention with them both now and and I don't want anything interfering with that right now you know you're amazing <laughs> you are amazing thank you well this is this is what I wanted you to hear and then the next step that she did was to go raw food so what made you go raw food when you uh you did it way before the you had the two girls right you did it between uh her oldest daughter's <laughs> name is austin it's spelled austin with the a-u-s-t-y-n-e so it's well austin and uh so between her austin's birth and then uh your firstborn of the second family um, what made you change? Well, <laughs> when when Austin was just, I, 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 her name is Austin, but I call her Austin. And anyway, that's just kind of yeah. how we, so I'm going to say Austin. Anyway, right. uh, when she was, when, you know, when she was a little girl, I, like I said, I had been going to school, and that's when I had quit, um, you know, going for nursing and biochemistry and stuff. And I decided to go towards Eastern medicine. And I started to delve into nutrition in a sense that, you know, I felt like there's, I just, it just felt right for me, for myself. You know, I I felt good when I ate good and I wanted to get into, you know, I guess I've been really on the search of what in the beginning is our body, are our bodies really truly made for? What is it that we're really supposed to be consuming? And are we supposed to be consuming that much? of what we think we're supposed to be consuming. So I've, I, I started that when um, she was young, and basically I went through my cupboards, 
And I threw everything out, and I started replacing everything with organic and started reading, you know, the labels. And if I couldn't understand what the heck it was, then it wasn't going in my cabinet. And um, so that's basically when I started uh, my journey into um, nutrition and, and, and foods and, and so on and so forth. So as, as time went on, I... I, I, I felt like I, I, I had perfected the eating clean foods. So I really perfected about eating the clean foods, but I was still eating and consuming some meats. Um, I prepared them what I felt like was clean. I shopped for free-range, organic, everything. But it started to wear on me because I just, I am a, I don't know, things, I guess I am, I believe that everything is a sentient being, and I just can't see looking a, a cow or a chicken or a pig in the eye and thinking, you're going to be my supper. Because I don't know if anybody realizes this, but a pig is the most intelligent animal. Mm-hmm. They also, it also shares 65% of our DNA. And mm-hmm. I have come to realize and find out that actually it has been said and through the studies that I have been studying that that a, that a pig is a cross between I human it. genes I knew it and a wild boar I knew it and that is why you have a domesticated pig so eating pork is a form of cannibalism because it shares 65% of our DNA. That means it's human DNA. And I don't really feel comfortable with that. And the fact that they're the smartest animal, I just cannot. Alfred played the piano on Green Acres. Okay. So, 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 so then the other so thing is that, that, you know, you're like, you know, the, also the other part is, We've gotten so far away from actually killing our own food to eat it, and now you can get you can have any kind of meat that you want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, any time of the day, wherever you want it. That is not how it used to be, and that's not I don't believe that's the way it should be. Um, I think that people are consuming way too much animal protein, and it's causing much disease in the body. And we've gotten so far away from you actually slaughtering your own food changes things. You can just go to the store and buy it. It's, it separated them from the kill. And if you had to go and kill your own food, you probably, I'd say nine times, you know, nine out of ten people probably would say, this is not for me and I just won't even eat it. It's bloody. It's disgusting. It's dead carcass. I'm eating dead. I mean, who wants that? Who wants to put that in their body? Who wants to eat a sentient being? I just don't feel like it's right. And these are the reasons why I changed my view on meat. And I just feel like it's just been overconsumed. It's too easy to get. It's just we're so separated from it. And I just can't imagine harming any animals. It it just it bothers me. I've been an animal advocate in that sense that I just it doesn't matter what kind of animal it is. I will cry for it if, if it perishes. And so I 
just don't want that on my plate. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a part of that. So I choose not to be a part of it by not consuming it. So each person that stops consuming it is going to save, I don't know how many lives, but I want to be that void. I want to be there to be a part of that. And, and so I do not want my children, I mean, I'm so worried about even how to even bring that up to my children because my children love animals, especially my toddler, and when she ever finds out that people eat animals, she's probably going to be very upset. And I don't, you know, so I'm, I and myself haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to go about that conversation with my children. Ma'am, have, like, uh, have you heard of Matt Monarch? Yes. Okay. You know, they believe the same way too, and he may have had some suggestions about that because they have children that are, um, they feed raw also, totally. So, yes, they have one, yes, they have one, one child. Right. They have one child. Her name is Araya. That's actually right. my, my um, that's actually my toddler's middle name. Um, oh, really? Yes, yes, Araya is her middle name. But yes, I um, wanted yes, to. I wanted to ask, do you have an article that you know of that you could send to Wonder Ann or um, something Facebook that does have about the, because I never really heard that about pigs before, but I'm going to tell you, it's really, really hard. It was always very hard for me to watch killing animals, and I'm a farm girl, and we had to kill chickens once a year, and my dad took hogs to slaughter and cattle to slaughter, and I had to live with that, and it was, I can't explain it. At the time, I was raised with that from a child. It was just very, very difficult for me to always watch that, and I didn't know why. I couldn't, I couldn't get into that. And um, I have been a meat eater my life, you know, because I was raised on the farm, but I'm going more and more and more away from meat, and I always liked pork. I still do, but I don't even care to eat it at all anymore. So maybe the universe itself is taking care of it with me. But um, I really would like to have that. I would like to post that because of being in a farming community and coming from a farming family, I still have a lot of people that are. And I really do agree with, believe what you're saying. I think pigs are very smart. I would like to pass that on to, you know, family. Yes, I will find um, the, my sources that I have. Uh, I will delve into uh, digging them up and finding them for you, and I will get that to to, um, to Wonder Anne so that she can um, send it to you guys. Because I do feel like it's very important to understand that we've been deceived. You know, there's many many cultures out there that won't eat pig. It's not because they're dirty. You know, it's not because of that. And and notice that you can feed a pig anything, it's just like a human being. You can feed them anything. Well, um, they're you know, clean though. They they're they seem to be a very clean animal. Sure, they, they are clean. Yes, yeah, yes. But people have it in their mind that they because of the, you know they roll around in dirt and slop and stuff. But what I mean, I guess, is is that we feed them slop. We feed ourselves slop. That's what's in the grocery stores. That's slop. That's just crap. You know, you don't even know it's it's been processed, mixed together to look like something else, and it's not really what it is. I mean, most of the stuff on the shelves. So. It's been, you know, re-transformed. But, you know, um, so I, I guess that 
you know, it's just that we've been so brainwashed to thinking that it's okay. You know, um, yeah, the Indians might have slaughtered, you know, buffalo and stuff like that. They used every single bit of it, but they didn't eat buffalo for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day for 100 years. It, it wasn't like that. It was, it's one of those they forged off the land. We are foragers. We are true foragers. Everything that you possibly need to sustain yourself is within you. And we can get into that in a little bit. But if you want to sustain yourself outside of the body, then the apple is probably the most complete fruit, the complete meal to give you everything that you need, that your body needs to sustain itself. Um, so, you know, it is, I'm sure that it's very hard. I didn't grow up on a farm. And um, I could only imagine that if I did, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know where that would put me today. But I do know that because, you know, everybody is so separated from the slaughter of their animal and they don't understand it, that they just eat it un, unconsciously. They're not conscious eaters. They're unconscious eaters. They're not consciously thinking about what they're putting in their body because it's just so easy to order a burger. But what, what did that burger, what entailed to make that burger, what, all, what are all the transformations and, and you know, if, where did it originate from? And nobody realizes it. Who had to do the killing? Nobody, you know, nobody even, so it's so easy for our society to just have it. it it's just, it's pretty sad. So, yes, growing up on the farm is different. Um, and, um, yes, pork is, pork is bad. That's why most of it, that's why over um, in Europe, I don't know which um, uh, actual uh, race, it is, or, or religious-affiliated uh, um, people. I don't know if it's the Jewish community or who it is, but they won't eat pork or something. Somebody over there does not eat pork, and, and these are their beliefs. Um, their beliefs are it's a form of cannibalism. Um, Why is so, it even the Muslims do not believe? Isn't it the Muslim religion absolutely does not believe in eating pork? And in the United States, of course, we have to make a joke out of everything that Oh, kill Absolutely. a pig there, and they won't put a mosque. Oh, it just that infuriates me. Yeah, okay, so me. that's I, the culture. Yes, it's the Muslim yeah, culture. Yeah, that's the culture we live in. Oh my God, that's it's just so insane. I can't believe we live with the stupidity. But yes, uh, yes, and, and and then and then you know in India the cow is sacred, and they don't eat beef. Well, and uh, you know you watch, and they're very they're very smart animals. Also, these are animals. Oh my, it's yeah. just amazing the intelligence that are in animals and. You know, if you really want to go deep on this, when we all the way, we continue deeper and deeper, and then you go to the point where we're seeing the Satanism and the altar worshiping and are, who are these people at the top? Are they real? I don't think they're human. And they're eating people. So here we sit. I mean, the chain is, you know, until we stop the chain reaction here, is that possibly going to help that chain reaction there? I don't know. I do believe so. Yes, I do believe. I believe that when we start looking, I mean, if, if people would just take the time to realize that a cow is a feeling, sensitive, living, caring, loving being, just like our dogs and cats, why do they get special treatment? Even in other countries, they, they, I mean, they, they sacrifice dogs and, and they, they eat them. I mean, you know, the chow chow is, well, chow chow is, means chow chow. Uh, that's what they were bred for. So, you know, every culture is different. Um, 
And I do not believe, I, I honestly do not believe that we um, were ever, I believe that farming and slaughter were brought down here from some other, from another race. We did not want to do that. That wasn't something, they, they did that. And I feel that as long as they create blood and sacrifice, there will always be war and conflict. I agree. Yes, thank so you. I agree. That, yes, until that ends, until the blood is stopped, until we stop spilling blood of any kind, of any kind, and start actually giving um, uh, and caring about other beings and sentient, you know, animals and so on and so forth, that we'll never be able to change our world. It will always be divided, separated, conflict, war, and bloodshed. I mean, it always will because it starts there. If you if you can harm and and you know and and draw and you know if you can harm somebody some a, a, a living sentient being, then what you know then you can harm anything. And so until that stops, it's just it, it's it's a pretty sad thing. It is. We we are living in some. Um, it is. That's that's what's scary about bringing children into the world. These are some of my my things. You know, I. I how do you, how do you uh, explain all this hatred and, and separation and division to um, innocent souls that are born here? It's just really hard, you know, because it makes us look like we're monsters. Because we are. Our race, the human race, are monsters. Now, I'm not saying that every single person is, but, you know, we've been taught. We've been taught what we know now. Well, I think that even it's been interesting for me to watch as I'm growing and changing through this, and I can't tell you it's all right or wrong, but I was raised in church, and I just happened to go back to Iowa to my family and went to church that day, and wouldn't you know, they had communion. And I could not take communion because to me it wasn't any different than, than, um, you know, celebrating you know, drinking blood and and eating the body, which to me isn't any different than the satanics are doing all the time. And why do we have to do to worship a god? Why do we have to think we have to eat its body and drink its blood? I mean, to me, it was like, oh my god, they've trained us to be satanic, and we don't even know it. We don't even get it. Yeah. Wow, Lola, that is such a great. Analogy. Yes, she, you're, you're connecting the dots, and that's yes. Yeah, we, could, we could probably, well, we could probably go on and on and on about that stuff. So yes, you, you're connecting the dots, and you are absolutely hey, on the right track with that. This is Don also I teaching say, cannibalism, and I concur. It's great. You guys sound great. Good call. Yeah, this this is uh, Lola uh, Donaldson and Lola. Listen to me, and this is Tella, and she is sharing with us her um, her growth and transition to being a healthy, healthy person. So a uh, woman and mother and what she's doing to help her children. Now, what is her um, name? Tella, Tella Graham. Tella. Hi, hi, Tella. Hello. Also, uh, I just put a, a link in the chat room. You got your link in the chat room? Yeah, for, the, for an article uh, about pigs and humans. Scientists. Uh, okay. Can you send it? Oh, you put it on the, here. And I see what you're saying. 
Yeah, George yeah. Orwell writes pigs really are identical humans. Whoa, that's interesting. Yes, yes, you guys. You guys, um, this is this is a big thing. It's a big step because down here in the south, do you know how much pork they eat? Do you know how much bacon they oh. eat? It's pretty disgusting. Oh, it's so deadly for them too. So it's many causing, of them are having so much. Go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, it's just like um, um, the people that gone mad and had like. Um, they went mad from cannibalism. You know, you go mad from eating somebody, a person. I guess it's supposed to affect your brain, like um, make you go crazy in the brain. Mm-hmm. Well, how long does it take for you to get sick if you constantly eat pork? It'd be the same thing. Yes. I mean, I, to me, it, yes. just, it just seems the same. Absolutely. Uh, and Stella, Stella, uh, you here hit a point that I was, I was talking about with these ladies and gentlemen um, a while ago talking about the unwitting worship of, of Satan. Uh, they have everybody doing it without even their knowledge. So I'm chiming in, and I, I concur on your theory there. So. And, and I just had a young man uh, call me this morning before the show, and he was telling me he'd gone to Ryan, which is a, a big buffet place over here in Spartanburg and in the Greenville area. And he said he wasn't even out the door 15 or 20 minutes when he had to make a beeline to the commode. And he was sick the rest of the night for what he was either eating or had gotten at Ryan. And he's finding that there, because we've had so much rain here, we're basically having the sewers are overflowing. All the rest of the water systems here have probably been polluted. And uh, he's saying it's smelling like a, a mobile home park, and I keep forgetting to undo Patty here. And it is important that we all look at our water today, if you've had a lot of rain, to find out what's going on, because it is the time for you to be soccered with what your, you tell are saying how you can prevent it by how you eat, what you're eating, and how your thinking is. So yes, this yes, is wonder, wonder. Yeah, go ahead. This is Wor- this is Orpha. Yeah, Orpha, go ahead. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to mention that thing about you saying the guy beelined it, you know, to the bathroom after he finished eating. If he got food poisoning, or something food poisoning does not happen that fast. I would suggest he looked at where he was eating three hours before then. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Good point. Thank you for. I, he wasn't calling it food poisoning. He's, oh, he's usually, just I mean how much he reacted to the food. Right. Right. Then and, and there. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying that you know things take a while to go through the digestive system. Yeah. You know, you when you eat something. When you eat something, each bite of food that you swallow pushes one bite of food out of the stomach into the intestines. And then it starts making its journey. So if you eat something, it's not going to be coming out like immediately. It 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 just can't. It it doesn't move that fast. So uh-huh. uh, you know yes, if we're he, not dogs. He, <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. Well even 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 dogs. Um dog, their, dog, dog their meal is going to come out you know, what their previous meal was. Right, they're going right. to push they it out. Their, 
but their but their digestive system isn't as long. It's a very short track. So what I'm I guess what I'm saying is it would take it takes a long time for us to digest food, especially meat. It could take days for you to break oh, yeah. down all that meat. But uh, yeah, it's not something that's instant. You cannot go to a restaurant, take a few bites, and instantly get sick. Right. It would take it would take um, quite a few hours before that ever even occurred. Correct. Right. I I believe it's something like three hours at least. You know, people will get you know, and I mentioned food poisoning because that's where it usually comes up. But it, if if he's drinking water and it's through the water he's getting sick, then it doesn't matter where he's eating. If he's drinking that water, he's getting sick from that, and it's just finally you know, taking its toll. Um, and and great I, point. I, I, thank you. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, he might want to relook. And if it is food poisoning, it probably wasn't Ryan's. So yeah. have him think, you know, where he ate, you know, three hours prior to that if he finds out it was food poisoning. Because you don't get I'll, violently I'll have him go over that. Yeah. I mean, you well, don't get I'll, violently sick like that, you know, immediately how. after eating. And then, you know, it, it doesn't happen. Can you um, well, use I have a tea going tester and test water? Can well, you use I, some kind of tester and test water you're drinking? Well, what I did was it suggests that he calls the sewer department and the water department. They're going to lie to him. For them to be aware. Well, for, the water system has been so bad because of all of our rain Something could have happened, and they they may not know it in his area, because when you have all this water we've had going on, it's a lot of water that's come down. I mean, my my indoor pools and my outdoor pools are extreme at this point in time. <laughs> so uh, I'm just well, still on getting a, on the a, water out. <laughs> well, if we want to talk about the subject of water, let's 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 into this for a second. I would not trust any water unless it's distilled. You should be drinking nothing but distilled water. And the reason for that is because it doesn't matter how clean you think your water is, how purified you think your water is, it has and it carries rock, which is inorganic material or inorganic minerals. Your body is not able to break down organic um, minerals. It can only break down organic minerals, meaning that, Water that runs over rocks, the spring water and so on and so forth, it's running over rock. Well, imagine if you drink your entire life, you're gonna, it's going to start creating crystallized rock inside of your body, arthritis and so on and so forth, because you've got a buildup of inorganic minerals that cannot be flushed out. And here's the, here's the part about it. A, a, a um, regular tap water or water that's got inorganic minerals that is not distilled, so your spring water and your purified water, tap water, whatever, the molecules are carrying so much stuff in them that there's nothing left for them to, to pick up. So I guess I, guess, I guess I should explain it like this. Distilled water has nothing in it. It is the, 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 the water molecules are able to pick up the breeze, and carry things out of your body. So when you drink distilled water, the water can pick up stuff because it's not full. It's not full of stuff already. It's not full of inorganic minerals or anything. So distilled water will actually flush your body. People say, oh, you got to drink a lot of water to flush your body. Actually, what they're drinking, they're actually filling their bodies full of inorganic minerals. 
that they don't need because because that kind of water is so full, it can't pick up any debris. It can't pick up anything to flush out of your system. The only water that can do this is distilled water. Rain is distilled water. It's pure. That is what you should be drinking is distilled pure water, only distilled water, because it will pick up and flush out all the crap that's inside of your body that's accumulating. People have have cured their arthritis from it. They've, they've, uh, they've all kinds of different kinds of ailments have been cured and, and relieved from just drinking distilled water. And I suggest that anybody that wants to start being healthy and wants to change anything, the most important thing right now would be to change your water source. You cook with it. You, I mean, if you're going to cook, then you cook with distilled water. You, you boil distilled water. If you're going to boil noodles or something, as an example, anything you drink, if you're going to make tea, you use distilled water as your water source and only distilled water. You can get it at any store. You can buy it until you can afford to get a distiller of your own. Um, that is a very important thing because distilled water will clean the debris out, not, not all the other kinds of waters. That's got full of stuff in it. So if you understand the science behind it, it's, it's that the, the water molecules are empty. So they can pick stuff up and carry it out of your body. But uh, spring water or purified water already has inorganic minerals, minerals and stuff in the water. So it's fully loaded. All it can do is deposit things into your body because it's carrying such a load. It cannot pull things from your body. Does that make sense? So what you're saying is with distilled, it pulls. With the spring, it maintains it. Correct. With distilled water, the only water I drink, the only water my family drinks, um, it will leach the crap from your body. People say, oh, it leaches minerals. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you want it to leach the inorganic minerals. It's not going to leach out your organic minerals that your body uses. Not at all, but, but people are always scared and, and people are misinformed. They're misin- mm-hmm. you know, they're misinformed about it. Anytime you drink spring water, tap water, or purified water, it has inorganic minerals in it. They even add it into some of them. Your body cannot break them down. Your body can only collect them because the water is so full, the water molecules, each water molecule in each drop of water is so full of inorganic minerals, it can only leave deposits. It can't pull anything out because it's too full of stuff. There's no room. But distilled water has nothing. It's got no inorganic minerals. It has nothing in it. It's pure. It's clean. So it can pull out the impurities. When you drink it, if you've got excess inorganic minerals from all the other um, water you've drank in your lifetime, it will start flushing and pulling those inorganic minerals out from your bones and your joints and your muscles and your brain, you know, all that stuff. It, it'll start flushing it out. Well, now, what kind, of, what kind of distiller can you get? I've tried to price them, and you can either get the one that makes a gallons 
or the little ones, and they don't seem to, they just don't seem right. There's something wrong with either my reading them or something about them I'm just not getting because I've looked into them and I've not been happy with what I've been learning. Yeah, some of there's lots of stuff on the market, obviously. Um, I I have not invested in one, and the reason is is because I haven't found the one that I want. If I'm going to go, if I'm going to because of the way I consume and what I use it for and everything, I use it for everything, I'm going to invest in a big one, something big that, that can produce more at a time. But some people don't need that. Some people only need a couple gallons a day and one machine, one of them little um, countertop machines, they, they'll, they can produce about two gallons a day. And they're good for, I don't know, 1,400 gallons or something, maybe 200 bucks. But, I mean, if you figure out, maybe it's cheaper just to go to the store and get it. I mean, for, you know, I just stock up the store. It's a dollar a gallon here. Right, it's a dollar a gallon. Right. So you might be carting it, but to be honest with you, if you're going to put any kind of water in your system, that should be it. Because here's another thing. Salt is very dangerous to your body. Salt was only used to preserve meat. Now it's in every food that you can think of. That's an inorganic mineral that your body cannot process. Himalayan salt has um, 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 fluoride in it. And, I mean, you know, it might be naturally occurring fluoride, but it's still fluoride, and fluoride's probably the most dangerous chemical there is. It's probably the most dangerous inorganic chemical there is. So Can I play, can that, I play devil's advocate that with that? The the um naturally occurring fluoride is not extremely harmful. It's not like the one that is is toxic waste which is put in all of our toothpaste and mouthwashes. It's not the same thing. I'm not saying it's not harmful. I mean I've probably told the story on this call before some have probably heard it but my son who was 16 years old took him to the dentist and we lived out in the country we had a well that had um fluoride in it um but i didn't know it i didn't know it was natu- it had naturally occurring fluoride so i was at that time i didn't know you know my p's from my q's that time and I was giving him fluoride you know giving my kids fluoride make sure they didn't they got their fluoride because we weren't living in the city where we were getting our fluoride you know you know hindsight is 2020 but I took him to the dentist and the dentist asked me said did you ever get him anti-fluoride treatments and I go what anti-fluoride treatments he goes yes he said, I said, why would I do that? I said, we live out in the country. We weren't getting fluoride. He said, yes, you were. He said, you get naturally occurring fluoride. You did not need to supplement the fluoride. He said, now, as you can see, these white spots on his teeth, that means that he has gotten too much fluoride for one, and he should have had treatments to combat that when he was younger. But after the age of 16, it does not work anymore. So that was a huge lesson for me. Um, you know, the we, in nature, we need all of these things. We need the mercury. We need the cyanide. We need the strychnine. 
but it's the naturally occurring that comes in nature that we get naturally through whatever our food sources are that are good food sources, not the crap, okay? I've got little pictures here. Sorry. Um, we, But nature knows how to give it to us in the amounts that we need, not the exorbitant amounts that they give it to us in our foods and our uh, hygienic products and, and whatnot. They're... It's ridiculous, but I just wanted to make a point on the fluoride that, yes, you know, all fluoride may be bad if you get too much of it, but the naturally occurring fluoride that we get through our Himalayan salt, just a minute, honey, through our Himalayan salt or whatever, you know, we need salt. We have to have salt, otherwise your your every cell in your body would shrink up and and die because it has to have that um, barrier of potassium to salt exchange between the cell wall. The okay, well, actually, actually, and I respect your, um, I respect your opinion on that. Um, however, um, I, I, that kind of almost, um, you know, your, your cells do not actually, salt destroys your cells. Um, inorganic salt, and that would be your sea salt, your Celtic I'm, salt, and your Himalayan salt. Your, there are well, every celery has na- the salt that's in celery is naturally organic occurring salt, so it is not inorganic, and your body can it can, can break it down. So honestly, that's the kind of salt that your body needs. It does not need table salt, Celtic salt, right. sea salt, and Himalayan salt. Those are was, inorganic, and again, those are destroying and destructive to your cells. Um, that's correct. So, that's, that is correct. You're talking about the stuff that is not salt, the, hydro, you know, the hydrochloride, whatever it is, um, sodium hydrochloride. That is not salt. That's not the salt I'm talking about. But our bodies do need salt. If we do not have salt, you would die. Uh, we do well, need salt. But it's the proper right. kind of salt. It's it's not the organic salts. It's the organic salts that are found in your fruits and vegetable sources. Because those those vegetables, those fruits and vegetables, they create the ratio that your body needs. And that's true. And but you're still getting salt. I'm just saying, you know, make sure that you're, you're you realize. Right, but there's a difference between the salt. salts. Right, but there's a difference right. between those salts. One is or, right. organic, and one I is know. organic. So, so I mean, I, I guess that I'm not. I'll specify. I'm talking about the inorganic stuff. So the inorganic stuff that you can find at the stores, those are diff- those are those are not those are not healthy I'm, for you to eat. Yeah, and I and I just just so you know, you're preaching to the choir here on that. Okay, I'm I do not eat that garbage. Okay, I right. do not eat that nasty stuff that is not healthy for you. So um, just so you know, I'm 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 talking about the good good stuff that our bodies do need. It's not the inorganic stuff that is harmful so just let you know so okay i'll be quiet i think that's that's really really what uh tella was saying in the sense and and maybe she she needed your clarity because salts are needed and she's telling you a way in which you can get salt in its natural form through the celery etc so both of you are saying very much and as you say we're preaching to the choir uh, tell just to give you a, a little background, we've been doing this for so many years that we've learned a lot, 
and we've had another gal from uh, Greenville, uh, Emily, and she's come on with a lot of stuff about the minerals. So you two are both talking the same, which is great. But I want to have you kind of go into more of the um, of where you got for the food and getting into um, going uh, the the vegan, but being nutritional and with uh, why you had to do a body cleanse. You had mentioned to me that you went and did a body cleanse first and what those cleansings are about. Because we talk a lot about cleanses here. But I got to tell you, I've never been felt comfortable doing any of the cleanses that get suggested. So you have some ideas on that. Let's bring up the cleansing part so that uh, we can get maybe a new viewpoint. Okay. Um, Well, I'll start off by saying that... um, I'd have to say probably 99% of the population has a problem with candida. And I consider candida the kiss of death. It creates, I believe, every single problem from cancer to headaches to depression, you name it. It's a horrible, easy thing to obtain. It's a very difficult, long process rid of in the body. Things work faster. Some people's bodies work faster at eliminating it. Everybody's different. Sometimes there's just old, you know, I feel like a lot of the cleanses and things like that have, you know, I think that someone's time that it takes for an individual to heal on certain modalities and things that they have issues with, also, it, it, it also depends on where they're at in the mind. Because your, your body is listening to everything you're saying. And even if you consciously don't think you're saying something, it unconsciously, if you're, if you're thinking it, it, it's listening to you. So it can, make, it can make, like for example, I can, give, I can give somebody something for parasites, a human, and I can give it to the dog. A dog cannot mind screw anything. So it doesn't think about anything like that. So it's going to get cured, boom, just like that. But a person, that person might think, oh, this ain't going to work and so on and so forth. And, and then, so then it doesn't. So I'm just trying to make that example as in, you know, a dog cannot mind screw itself, but a human can. So a human can stop itself from being healed. A human can, can change everything. It's where they're at in their head and what they're willing to accept that also makes the process and the time faster or slower, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so because of, the, because of the candida in our bodies, we're getting it from the overloading of wheats and dairy. And um, we're, a lot of us are born with it because our parents have it. So it's just, you know, it's, just, it's in our bodies. If you ever had, a, if you have a white coating on your tongue, if you, if you ever had cradle cap when you were a kid, um, you know, any kind of fungus, anything, um, jock itch, toe fungus, any, all that, all those are just different types of candida, yeast infections, you name it. Anyways, um, in order to clear all that out and to start to move, move that out of your system, again, I suggest that you drink distilled water. 
That's my suggestion because many people have just, they've healed themselves of all kinds of things just by doing fasting. We'll get into fasting. But um, I started out when I was younger by cleaning out my colon. And, and let me say that I grew up pretty decently. Like my mother was very holistic in her ways. So I wasn't full of a bunch of garbage. We didn't, we, we ate at home. She cooked and, you know, it was cooked foods and things like that. But, you know, um, I, it wasn't, I didn't live on fast food. Okay. Like a lot of the kids nowadays seem to be living on fast food. Um, so in any case, I started out with a parasite cleanse I, I, to clean out my colon. And once I got the debris and everything uh, cleared, it made way for me to start doing some liver gallbladder flushes. And so I started doing liver gallbladder flushes and had enormous results from it. Like, I mean, I, I, I've never been overweight or anything like that, but, I mean, I just the change in my skin, the change in my, uh, my, the, my mental capacity, the fog, um, just the clarity. I remember uh, my second cleanse that I did, my second gallbladder cleanse, I remember waking straight up out of bed the day after I did my cleanse, and I felt like I was 18 years old again. I I had never felt so good in my life. I was like, wow, I feel like I could do circles around anybody. I could do all these things. And so because of that euphoric feeling that I got from my second liver gallbladder flush, I just continued to do them. Until, I mean, until I just didn't pass any stones. And any, it will start clearing up moles. I mean, you'll just start seeing things disappear off of you that you had. You're like, where did it go? It's gone. Because moles are just a fungus. You can get rid of those also topically by um, using apple cider vinegar. You have to scratch the surface of it and get it to bleed a little bit. And then you just continue to apply apple cider vinegar and it should dry up and fall off. Um, there's other people use all kinds of things to castor oil to, to other, you know, other, other ways too. But any case from there, from, from the liver gallbladder flush, you know, I started delving into some Ayurvedic products, some Ayurvedics that come from India and I can also, um, help anybody that wants to, um, be introduced to those as well. I can get um, and the um, website, and you guys can start looking through it. Um, I've had a lot of um, luck with it as well for anybody that is having or stuck in any certain thing because it's vibrational medicine. Ayurvedic is vibrational medicine, so it vibrationally raises your vibration to what needs to be done and where it needs to be to heal and get your body to work properly. So. But I started out, again, by just flushing the system. I have never really had any ailments, ever, um, that I can even think of. Um, uh, my, menstrual, my menstrual time, I think, would be the only thing that I had issues with. And that all changed when I started using your, uh, when I started doing uh, urotherapy. So we get into that um, as well. But... Um, these, that's probably the only issue that I ever had. And I know that my have candida, had candida, and still, still to this day have candida. Uh, it's like, basically, I'm so clean that if I drink a glass of wine the next morning, 
I'll have a yeast infection. Mm. I'll be itching. And, and it's, it's amazing. So I, I know what I'm, you know, so I know that I still have some in my body. Now, you're supposed to have some in your body, but you've got to have a good ratio. As we said, like, you know, it has to be a balance because you always have it in your body, but it's when it's out of balance that causes leaky gut. And so on and so forth, which leaky gut is, you're just so bad off that the candida is taken over to where it gets into your bloodstream. And then you see the psoriasis and the eczemas and the itching. And, I mean, it could be really bad. Bad. People are just miserable. Yeah, um, I think it's 80-20. I'm sorry, an 80-20 ratio. Good to bad. Right. So I don't 80 know if good, 20 Right, right. But, I mean, it just it has to be on balance. So, like, when I drank that glass of when I drank that wine, maybe it wasn't just a glass. It might have been almost a full bottle because I don't drink very often. Anyway, um, so, you know, that tipped me over the edge, and I've been fine since. So as soon as I flushed that out of my system, I was back to normal again. So, again, you'll start to see as you start to, to do these things to yourself and flush and, and, and change, you'll start to see what affects you and what doesn't affect you. Um, You'll start to see that wheat is a problem and dairy is a problem and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I'm not saying don't eat dairy, but if you're going to eat dairy, it needs to be minimal. And if you're going to eat it, you, you need to be eating raw grass or raw um, goat's milk cheese. That's the cheese that I would say has intact with its, its, um, its enzymes. And, um, and that's what... When I buy cheese for this house, that's what I would buy, um, and that's what I buy. Um, and the, and the whole the whole reason why we have issues with cow milk is because well let's just let's just I mean this is pretty easy to, to understand. A cow gives birth to a, a baby cow and it, it comes out it's about forty five pounds. Well, the milk that the mom the mom cow produces is to grow that forty five pound cow into a heifer. 300-pound pepper. So the milk proteins are so way up and high that us as humans, we can't handle that. We're not born at 45 pounds when we're born. We're born around 7 pounds. That's probably the average 7, 8 pounds. So that's why we're seeing all these issues with milk, also because it's unpasteurized or pasteurized and processed, and all that just gets rid of anything that's beneficial. So it's just nothing but death sitting on a shelf in the grocery store or in a refrigerator. It's, it's the worst thing you could ever put in your body. However, a goat, a goat gives birth. It gives birth to a seven-pound kid. And then its milk is, and the ratio in the proteins are more close to our milk because they're not trying to grow. I mean, their babies maybe get 45, 50 pounds. That's that, that's, you know, so, so there's a big difference there. We are seven, seven, eight pounds children. We, we don't need those. That's why if, if you're going, if you're not able to breastfeed your children, they say goat's milk is the best and, and raw, of course, is the best alternative um, to give to your children because milk is just so high. Cow's milk is just so off the charts that it's causing all these issues. It's causing eczema. It's causing the candida to flare up in these children. And just causing lots of problems. Um, so I breastfed all my children and, uh, and never, ever had them on cow's milk 
or I would never ever put them on cow's milk. But even my first daughter, I breastfed her, and she never went to cow's milk ever. So, um, yeah. So that's right there. Um, one of the issues with with dairy. Um, obviously, we know what's going on with wheat. It's so overdone. It's so different than what we used to cultivate. Um, I think I was talking to Ann about the way that we cultivate our food. We cultivate them in rows, straight rows. The flower of life is shaped kind of like a rose. And I believe that round permaculture gardens are the way to grow your food if you're going to grow. Not in rows, but kind of sporadically all over in a, in a kind of a circular flower of life pattern. I think that just by putting that pattern together, if you know anything or if you ever want to delve into physics, I've got some, some quantum physics and things like that. I, I've got some great people to share with you. Um, but in any case, th- these, are, these are ways to improve your, your yield and also, you know, just the whole way that you grow it, it's, it's just better. It's better for the environment. It's better for you. Like the plants just know they know because everything's alive. So, I mean, we could get really deep into that, but I mean, everything's alive. And so you place it in the certain formation that it, it's, it's best in, it's going to produce and it's going to, it's going to actually be better for you as well. So, but that's all like a whole nother chapter we could talk about on all that stuff. So, um, as far as um, liver gallbladder flushes, I've got a couple in mind. Oh, I'll, what I used to do is um, I, I used to do a liver gall, gallbladder flush that I told Ann about that I would send everybody the directions or I sent her the directions to. But I used to use the ma- malic acid pills um, and choline and disodium phosphate and phosphate liquid. And I'd use all these things. And then, and then at the end, the last day, it was a four-day flush, and the fourth day I would drink fresh lemon juice with olive oil, about four ounces of each, four ounces of lemon juice, uh, fresh squeezed lemons, and four ounces of um, olive oil, very good olive oil. And mix it up really, really good. You can even blend it, and then you chug it, and you go to bed. Um, and then you usually pass in the morning some stones and things like that. But I was telling her that I was also going to try and see if, I was going to do uh, another flush and see how well just using the Bragg's raw apple cider vinegar because malic acid and cola, all those things are in apples. And it's basically all those items that I was just named off are to soften the stones so they can pass through. Um, but I'm thinking that apple cider vinegar could do the same thing and that it wouldn't um, be such a big thing. We wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to get all these put all these packages together because I used to put packages together for people with, with that to do a liver gallbladder flush, but it do, I don't feel like it needs to be so complicated. And it really isn't complicated, but I just don't feel, I feel like it could be easier done with just the raw apple cider vinegar, maybe taking two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar three times a day in some water um, for the first three days might be enough to soften the stools to make you pass them. So I was going to do a little um, experiment with myself on that. Um, which would make things a lot easier. I, I do not recommend doing anything with any Epsom salts. I think that's dangerous. Again, as you just know my stance on salt, so in, in that sense. So um, that is kind of how I started detoxing 
I every like year I would just do a liver gallbladder flush just just for maintenance. Um, again, I I'm very um, I'm a very big advocate of the Ayurvedics. Um, it works very very well. Um, and uh, my oldest daughter actually had an issue with acne at one point because even though I am and my children, my youngest are uh, raw vegans, she has chosen to continue to eat meat and cheese and wheat and pizzas and this and that. And because she's now on her own and she thinks that it's, you know, yay, it's, it's, I can do whatever I want. I don't get, I, I, I don't just have to pick from the food that my mom has at the house. Well, they always come back. I promise you later on in life, your children will come back and they will, they will pick up after where they left off from home and make the right choices. But in the beginning, I was the same way when I left home. And then I was like, oh, this, I don't feel good. Wait a minute. I don't feel right. And she's starting to see that. But in any case, she, um, I put her on a, on a cleanse for, her, um, for, for acne. And it did a wonder on her. She had so much candida in her body that her face actually um, swelled up. Amazing. She was horrified. Wow. It was a very, very tragic experience for her, but she got through it. Her face was literally seeping. Stuff was seeping out of her face, out of my child's face. Ugh. Her face swelled up really, really big, and it was just, it was just her detoxing. And then all of a sudden, it went away, and she had crystal clear skin, and she was eating smoothies and juicing and doing all the great stuff that we do here as a family. And then she goes to college and well, she's like, mom, my face is breaking out again. And I'm like, she's like, mom, my face is breaking out again, but I don't want to do that again. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, boy. I said, well, when you decide you're ready, because I, you know, why are we going to invest in doing this and taking all this time to do this if you're just going to turn around and undo everything we're doing? You need to make some choices, child. When you are ready, just let me know. I'm here for you, and we'll do it, you know. So, um, but I've seen some miraculous things happen with this Ayurvedics um, and uh, with Ayurvedics. I, I truly believe that it, it's a wonderful um, remedy for many, many ailments. Um, and I think we also know that um, CBD oil is legal in South Carolina. And if you can get your hands on any of it, um, well, that will get rid of candida as well. So, um, excuse me, what, what kind of oil did you say? CBD. CBD oil. C is in cat, C is in boy, C is in dog. Oh, CBD, okay. Cannabis oil. Oh, cannabis oil. Very big. It's about to explode on the market because it's, you know, I mean, the government has a patent on it, but then they're going to tell you that it's not got medicinal properties. Why do they have a patent on it? And wait a minute, I thought you couldn't patent a live plant. So it's, well, anyway. They have a patent, yeah. Uh, right. So, any case, um, it's. I mean, all these things we've talked about are great, but CBD oil will cure you of anything. I, I, in my mind, um, it's very um, toxic to anything that is um, 
uh, uh, any bacteria or viruses and, and diseases in the body. It will eradicate candida just like that. So it's starting to come on the scenes a lot more, and, and, and it's another option for everybody. But um, as far as getting rid of liver gallbladder stones and so on and so forth, that's just um, – that really is a flush is needed. And you'll be surprised at how I, I gave my – I gave liver gallbladder flushes away, actually. This is how crazy I am, to my family one Christmas. Um, and my <laughs> uncle did, my uncle did, my uncle has hepatitis C, and he's an alcoholic. Well, yes, he's, I mean, bottom line, he's an alcoholic. So he did this liver gallbladder flush. He lost 15 pounds. He called me up and was like, what the hell did you do to me? I want another one. <laughs> so he's like, I feel so great. I don't even feel like I want to drink, you know. So that's, I mean, so he saw some very great um, improvements. And, uh, and it will flush out. And um, a lot of people do lose a lot of weight from it because it's flushing out a lot of old toxins and things that your body's hanging on to. So it's definitely a good avenue if you want to flush out your body. Um, I probably should delve in because we're getting close to 11 o'clock and um, I won't be able to talk after that, but maybe another time if you guys want me to come back. But um, um, I'll talk about um, your... I have one question quickly. Yep, go ahead. I just read an article. I, I just Googled this CBD oil when you were talking so I could see, wouldn't forget it because maybe it'll clear my memory up. That um, I just read an article the other night on... Um, hemp oil versus the real cannabis oil and that if you really wanted a strong kill that it really needed to be the cannabis over the hemp. Now I'm not saying that hemp won't do lots and lots of health modalities and benefits and all of that but they basically was saying if it was cancer and you were dealing with some so especially lung cancer, I, it was a whole article on lung cancer, and I had no idea it made no headway since the 70s on lung cancer that the real, real good kill on lung cancer was the real cannabis oil. And absolutely, uh, absolutely. Okay. No, you're on the you're on the right track with that. Hemp, there's there's two different kinds. There's there's some that's made from the actual plant, the flowering bud, and then there's also it made from hemp. Now. Now, the, the, the CBD oil that's made from hemp is good for anxiety, fibromyalgia, pains and aches and, and headaches and so on and so forth. Smaller or minor issues, but yes, when it comes, not that it won't cure, it might take a little bit longer to cure some kind of cancers or, you know, to, to get rid of them. I know people don't like to say cure or whatever, but, um, but yes, the CBD oil that you can get in the states that it is legal to for recreational and like um, Arizona and Colorado and those places is where you can get the really good oil and that is what you want to use if you are if you are in any kind of if you have any kind of cancer whatsoever because it'll kick it right out of your it'll kick it right out of you and if and and, and my thing is is this if, if you can't get it in the state you're in then go on a vacation and go get it. Now my question also. The other question is when you said that the government or that they're making this or the drug companies, then my question immediately is: Is this really pure? Because I don't trust anything they make or do. I'm I just literally am so paranoid about anything they touch. 
So are right. we getting a good grade? If it's no, on, like, I, I, I just I, noticed this um, in Walgreens and Walmart and stuff. So is that something that we even want to waste our money on? Absolutely not. Do not. And you're right. I wouldn't say the word paranoid. I'd say just cautious and and awake because it's more of just the fact that, yeah, you, you can't trust somebody that's been lying to you and lying to your your kin for the last 100-plus years. I mean, it's been going on for so much longer than that, but I'm just saying that we even know of. I mean, you know, we as alive right now, you know, at least for the last 100 years, our families have been lied to, and it's just been passed down from one generation to the next. I wouldn't trust any of that myself, no. Um, there are There is a lady here. I will find this lady. There's a lady that's getting it from, I think, B.C., British Columbia. Um, and, you know, it's legal up there to grow hemp and everything like that up in Canada. So she's got some, and she's in South Carolina, and I will try and find that link. I've got other people that are asking me about it as well, and I'll send that to Anne. But if, you, if you're looking for something for anxiety, for stress relief, for minor aches, and, you know, things like that. I'm not talking about lung cancer. I'm not talking about, which even if you have it, if you want to start doing it, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you until you can get something stronger. I'm just saying that if you have those ailments, if you have lung cancer or stomach cancer or colon cancer, and they're telling you only got so much to live or whatever, get your butt to one of these states, get a plane ticket, and go. And stay for a week because sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes there. that's all it takes. I don't even think you have to. I mean, I'm just saying that if I you live can't in get Washington up your state. I live in Washington State. I have a plant in my room not right now that is taller than I am. I am using medical marijuana for liver cancer. There you go. Right. And I make my own oil and tincture. And Praise the Lord. Understand. You're so great. I've got it down. Right, and, and, that, and, that, and that's, you know, that's great. And it's sweeping. I mean, you know, you've got to look at it like this. You know, there's how many states? You can't, there's no borders on these states. Excuse me. You can't stop people from taking it over the border. I mean, wow. How is that going to happen? So basically when one state did it, it's just making and it's going to spread like wildfire and every state's going to be. And we're going to be back to having some being able to use hemp as sustainable products for our for everything. Hemp can be used on everything. It, it's wonderful, right. you know, to eat to everything. So it, it's it's good. It, it's happening. It might be happening slow, but it is happening, and it will it will continue to. We are winning this. This is it's slow, but it, but it's for surely happening because people are tired of it. They're not going to put up with it anymore. Nobody wants to be fried with chemotherapy and radiation. That's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's so barbaric and so crazy to think that, that, that they'd even use it. It's just disgusting. And what makes me more disgusted is the fact that these little children have to go through it. And, and I, it just, yeah. I mean, I would go on and on about it. It makes me ill, and, it, I just, and I'm thankful for, um, for the person that I am. I really am. Then and, again, and I, I am. I almost even think they enjoy the the energy, the the scare that the people are in constantly because now it's one out of three. I mean, where have we graduated from in the last forty to fifty years that this 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 whatever you want to call this that we have gotten to the point that we are now down? They're getting it where they want it. One out of three, one out of two to die of cancer. People are scared to death. They're living on that energy. 
These, whatever they are, are living on this horrible, scared energy of people. I just got an email or or Facebook about someone, pray for the people that have cancer and the families and the people. And we just lost my ex-husband's wife last year that once they get to so bad, they have chemo brain and they don't, they just, they can't help themselves anymore. Somebody has to physically pick them up and take them. And my ex couldn't do that, wouldn't do that for her. And because they say they're Christians, they believe in, well, this is my fate. I'm going to die. So they just die. It is pretty and, sick. Yep. It, is, it is a pretty sick thing. And you can't help those people. And you can't, you know, all you can do is be that shining light for everybody else. And if they want, if they want and they're interested in it, they'll come to you. But, yes, it is that sick that, that people that are that religious do not believe in it. And they think it's, yes, it is. It is a hard pill to swallow when you're, like, not indoctrinated in that way. But it is the reality of some people's lives. And you know what? We have to just accept them and move on to the people that want our help and not, take, not waste our time worrying about the people that don't. It's just there's nothing you can do. Um, the cycle moves on, life moves on, and um, there's other people that are, that are willing to listen. And, and that's really all you could focus your life on because same in my family. I mean, you know, I've had grandparents and people, they still take flu shots, and I, I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna preach to them. They're, they're already on their way out because they think they are. So what, yep. what, what am I going to do to change them? All I can do is all I can do is be an example for my children so that they will treat, they will grow their children and then their Agreed. children and then their children, and we will have good um, uh, awakened people. And that's all we can do. That's all we can hope for and, and do is just our part. So, I mean, I'd love to save the world. I mean, you know, my husband says that to me all the time. You can save the world, I know, but I, I, you got to save yourself One person first. at so, a time. You are right, saving right. the world one person at a time. That's right. I'm saving the world by, by, by I'm saving exactly. the world by raising my children the way that I feel that the world would be best lived. So if I can instill those things into my children, then they'll take that and pass it on as well. So I'm doing, I'm doing future generations as much good as I can. I'm, I'm, that's, I mean, isn't that what we're here for? Aren't we supposed to be that's growing right. our children to be better than what we yeah. are, to think better? And, yeah, so, so, I mean, that's just kind of uh, the way that I, uh, I look at things. But um, let me get into urotherapy. I mean, Anne, if, if you need me to come on next Friday or another Friday and we can, you know, finish up and continue to talk about these things, I know that we're just touching base on it just um, slightly because I know that these, some of these things are pretty um, important to be, um, you know, they, we could get deeper down the rabbit hole with, and I, and I know that. But, um I know that I'm just pressed for time just because I, um, I've got a lot going on on my end. But um, and let me get into urotherapy really fast. And um, urotherapy is drinking your own urine. Orin sounds much nicer than urine. And I think that even the language is there purposely. The reason why we say urine, it doesn't sound as nice as orin. Orin sounds kind of nice. I, I don't know. It's... It, well, we could get deeper into that about words and how we say words and how oh, they're yeah. negative and destructive and, and, and stuff like that. Okay, so if you, if you guys kind of, that's what I'm saying, we could get so much deeper. But just to touch the surface of this, I've been doing urotherapy for quite some time now. I noticed many, many things changed. My, the most 
the biggest change that I have I've felt is the fact that I don't need much sleep. I don't need much food. I um I feel energized every single day. If I don't have it, I still feel energized even like even when I go during my men's, you know, when my time of the month is, I mean, I don't. So I, for about a week, I take a week off every month, but every other time from there, you know, and I feel so upset about it because I really feel so good doing it um, that, you know, when you eat a clean diet, it's so clean and clear that it really doesn't even have a taste. And even if it does, and even if it's your strong, I mean, you know, it's always, there's so many things you can do and so many ways you can start this. You can start this by your first morning um, pee is the, is, the, is the most potent. It has all the, the vitamins that you need. Your body, basically your kidneys are the best filter system. They're better filter system than any filter system on this planet are your own kidneys. And we have to start realizing that, our urine is not our, our urine is not a waste product. It is actually filtered blood. It is your blood filtered, and it also filtered. It, what's filtered is all the stuff that you eat. Whatever your body doesn't need at the time is being flushed out. But it's clean. It's more sterile. Your urine is more sterile than any sterile thing in a doctor's office. Okay, it's more sterile. Your body is a great machine. It knows what it's doing. Even the most sickest people have their, 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 you know, their urine is, is drinkable. In fact, that's who needs to be drinking it the most. But in any case, you can start out by your first morning urine. You, just, you can take a, a cup, and you, you want to take the middle part of it. And you, you, so you pee a little bit, and then you take the middle, and you don't take the end. So you always just catch the middle section of it. You don't want the first sec- part of it because – it's cleaning your area. It's cleaning the bacteria. And, you know, and then you don't want the end because that's where maybe some sediment might be, you know, heavier sediment at the end in any case. So you take the middle portion of it, and you can take that in a dropper, and you can drop 10 drops underneath your tongue. And you can start that way. It's like a little vaccine, you know. It, it basically, um, for example, say you got bit by a bee. They got stung by a bee. Within 10 seconds, your urine has the antibodies for that bee sting. That's why when you get stung by a jellyfish, they say to pee on it, so on and so forth. Your urine is an amazing healing modality. That's why I say that your body can heal itself, and you have everything you need to survive and to you, – you don't even need to eat foods. Like people go on – people do fasts and stuff on urine, so – what I'm saying is, is that it has every vitamin, mineral that, that is able to be processed by your body by in, within your own urine. It's a very healing modality. In fact, burn victims, they, they have to get skin grafts. That's, that's what they do. They skin graft them. They'll take skin from your butt and graft it onto your leg or something. With, <coughs> you, gotta, you need to start looking up. I, I would suggest looking up your therapy. And um, John Armstrong, his book, Water of Life, by John Armstrong, you can get his PDF, the whole book, and you can read it online for free. That is the book I would start 
that's going to open your mind up. If it doesn't open your mind up, then that's fine. But this will open your mind up. It will heal. It will heal burn victims with no scars. It's it's the most urotherapy is the most studied therapy ever. But you didn't know about it, right? It's the most studied no, therapy ever. It's amazing. What is the name it's of the amazing book? Thing. I'm sorry. It's called um, Water of Life by John Armstrong. Correct. Thank you. You're that is a that is a very important step, I think, if you want to delve into this therapy. Um, are you gonna? I, I'm sorry I to interrupt. Um, wonder, are you gonna have that put in your follow up email? Yeah. Yep. I've okay, got it thanks. written down. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. CBD oil and and uh, Tella's gonna send us stuff. I know Tella's on a time thing. She can only stay until eleven on our our. East Coast time because she's got her her, her mother-in-law is there watching the kids so it's been super to be able to have you on here but urology urology, I'd like to have you come back I'm so glad you're differentiating because Emily has told us it's the worst thing to do is urology and I'm not uh, saying Emily isn't right because she said it's not filtering enough so what I think she was saying that we need to be clean before we do this urology. Is this not what you're advocating? Urotherapy? I mean, basically, um, you know, anybody can do I mean, you know, you've heard of people surviving on their own urine. The people that didn't, didn't drink their own urine because they were, like, had it, or they were stuck underneath ground for, like, how many days over an earthquake, the ones that drank their own urine, they survived. There you go. Okay? The ones that didn't, didn't. So, you know, yeah. you have to get over the gross out factor. You have to get out of it. It's gross because why is it gross? It's your blood. It's from your body. It's been filtered from your fine-tuned, 100% wonderful kidneys. They are the most wonderful thing in the world. They filter out your blood, and that's, that's all that urine is. It's not a waste product. In fact, it's in all kinds of cosmetics, and it's in all kinds of stuff. Premarin is pregnant mare um, yeah. urine. That's, that's, that's for you, fertility. Not only will it change people that can, can I have children, it will, it will reverse all these. I mean, I could go so deep into, into this and, and tell you all the things around you that you have no idea that urea is even in. But there's a huge, huge there's, it's, it's a big thing, and, it, and it's big in Europe. And I'm hope, I hope it starts to grow here. I, I hope that I can be part of uh, the help to make it, you know, um, grow here in the United States. But um, it, it, you've got to start out with John Armstrong. His, his book right there, because it's free, no one has to buy it. You guys, anybody can read it tonight. They can read it today. Um, you can find it. Just Google it. It'll, it'll come up, and you can find the PDF. I, I feel like it's, it's the most important step. Because he gives the, um, he presents the case for it, and it's very, it's very cut and dry. I mean, it's a no-brainer. So um, it's really basically those books and a few others that really got me started into, into it. And I'm so past the ew, it doesn't even matter. Again, if you, your first morning pee might be really dark and yellow, but if you, if you start to loop 
which they call looping, which is you start to drink the other, your other, you know, throughout the day, you'll find that you'll drink your first, your second, your, your, your second time you go um, pee will be really clear. It'd be like water. And then you drink it and you're like, well, that ain't got no taste at all. It's like water. So, so the more you loop, some people drink their pee all day long and that's the only drink they drink. Guess why? It's distilled. It's distilled. Your urine is distilled. It's clean. That is that is anyway. a great point because I've wondered if people were supposed to do it all day because I only did the first morning one because that's what we'd heard from this gentleman that was doing his first morning one only. And, it's very important, um, yep. You're supposed to do that's it all day. That's the most important one. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. But yeah, yeah, so, I, so- I did the... I I just poured it into the the jug. I did it for a month and a half, almost two months. But I kept breaking out. I kept breaking out all the time. And I was bringing that up to tell him. What did you tell me? You said it was candy. I mean, it's detoxing. I mean, you're detoxing. I mean, you know, your body only has so many pores that it can push stuff out. Out your skin, out your ears, out your eyes, out your nose, you know, out your, you know, your other areas. So that's the only exits that to get rid of, of all the discharge and so on and so forth. But it's very important. Here's my last important point before I go today. This is very important. Metal is not good for your food or your drinks. If you're going to drink something, especially if you're going to collect your urine, you need to use some kind of a mug, coffee mug that's ceramic or glass. And your utensils when you eat should not be forks and spoons made of metal. You can buy all over the Internet for just penny, I mean, for just under $10, you can have a whole set of bamboo forks, spoons, and knives. Anytime metal touches food, it, it basically kills it. You, you know that metal it, it sterilizes, right? thing. That's why they use metal in hospitals and to sterilize things, okay? Well, it really does. So basically, anytime your food touches metal, it's just, it's killing it. It's killing everything in it, all the properties in it that, that, you, that you want, you know? It's very hard because, it's very hard because all our blenders have blades that are, you know, steel blades. And all our juicers have strainers inside them that are metal. But I'm working on trying to come up with some kind of a solution for that. So, you know, these are things that I'm trying to uh, to pursue and, and, and maybe possibly offer for some of these, th- you know, for people. Um, these are just things that I'm looking into to try to see if there's an alternative. And here's my alternative for knives and forks and spoons. For cutting Invest in, and for really cheap, you can get um, ceramic knives. They're way better than the metal knives. They're nicer. They don't rust. They cut beautifully. They'll cut really super thin. Um, they're just fragile. You just can't, like, set them in a drawer. You just got to be careful because they're, they're ceramic, but they're very sharp, so be careful. You can get a set for 15 bucks. Two knives, a paring and a bigger one. If you're going to cut I'm your vegetables. And you'll, and, you'll, and you'll be able to uh, see the difference. Take an apple Point. and cut the apple with a with a with a, a ceramic knife 
versus uh, mm-hmm. a steel knife. And you'll see one, the steel knife one, all the fruit will brown there, around there, but your ceramic one, it will not. So what? big difference. Yes. When metal touches any, anything, when metal touches any foods, it, 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 it changes the, compos- the composition. It basically kills. I guess I have enzymes. to grow the brand new titanium spork that I bought. I have to throw it away now. <laughs> I did. Just, I bought a, it's just, so light. It's a titanium spork, you know, but I mean, I, what you're saying makes a lot of sense now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and you can, you can search, search, whatever you got to do, search out there if, if need be. Um, but, but I, um, you know, I only use bamboo silverware and um, um, ceramic knives, and I'm working on a solution for the blenders and the, because um, I have a, um, a Vitamix, and I have a very nice um, juicer that I'd love to create some kind of a new strainer for, a ceramic strainer. Um, so these are things that I'm delving into. Um, these are ideas. Um, I'm also writing a book, a raw food book. Um, and um, after that, I'm thinking I might do one on birthing, free birthing, uh, you know, on birthing. So these are just some of the things that I am trying to delve into amongst being a mother and amongst my husband owns a, b- a business, <coughs> excuse me, and it's crazy around here. <laughs> so my time is, is a little all over. But, but hopefully can I can give you guys you? some things to look at. Yep, go ahead. Just a really quick question. What do you do for pans to cook? I mean, there's not too many things that will replace metal pans cooking on the stove. Okay, well, remember, I don't cook very much stuff because I'm raw vegan. However, I prepare most of my stuff in bowls and things like that that are um, ceramic. Um, You can get Le Creuset, or I guess there's probably some, Cuisinart I think now has ceramic covered or ceramic coated steel um so um ceramic covered steel um pans and so on and so forth okay okay so that's what i have i have ceramic pans yep ceramic pans and i also have a um all through lake crusade lake crusade um they have an outlet actually down here in south carolina so you know they have um all kinds of dishes and things like that um and pans that are, um, they're coated with ceramic. They're ceramic coated. So you can get a frying pan that's ceramic coated. You might have to use oil. And if you're going to use oil, the only oil you should cook with is coconut oil. Nobody should be cooking any other oils because they will distort the property. Uh, Olive oil is a cold, it's for cold foods. It's not to be used for heating. The only uh, oil that you should ever use for heating is coconut oil. A coconut oil can, can handle the high heat without it becoming distorted. So that's another thing. So you might have to use a lot of oil in your pan be- so it doesn't stick, but, you know, you get ceramic-coated pan- pots and pans. Just search it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I have them, so I know they're out there, and there's, there's lots of them. And that's just what, that's what I have. Because I still cook. I mean, my husband, you know, he can he can only handle so much of it. He's he's a big guy. He's really tall and he's really thin, you know. And it's like, oh lord, you know, he just every time he just loses weight because he just doesn't eat enough when he's out in the field and you know he's busy and so he's one of those. I'll just grab whatever I can get at the moment and eat it. 
when he comes home, I feed him well, but that, and he packs lunches sometimes. But on those other times, sometimes he's eating out of a gas and it's like disgusting. So we have, you know, not everybody in the household is completely, you know, I mean, we are, us, us girls are and, and everything. And, but my husband still has some, some bad habits, but, you know, nothing that um, time won't um, fix. So <laughs> There you go. Well, listen, I, your time has run out. It's 11.04, yeah. and I just want all of us to, to really wish you um, a thank you and so much information you've given me uh, and all of us. And even if we're, you're preaching to the choir, never feel that we aren't open to, uh, to listening and learning from each and everything you're feeding us because it is about feeding us. We all do have to be able to do that. So I'd like all of us to kind of put our arms out and let's encompass uh, Tella and give her one of our great, great hugs. I know it's, it's, Orpha has two little grandchildren, and they love the hugs. And so they'll they'll join in with us, okay? <laughs> and so uh, for well, you to have thank you guys. It was a pleasure um, coming and, and talking with you guys. And again, um, and I'll get you all the information we talked about. I'll send all that over. I don't I don't have time to do it right now, but tonight I will get everything over to you so that by tomorrow everybody can get all the stuff about the liver flush and all the other stuff that we talked about that I can remember that I've got listed here. Um, that I can get you the information. Um, um, but in the meantime, again, John Armstrong, Water of Life, searching about, you know, um, you know, the metal on your foods is another thing. You can search all that. Search everything. Don't listen to just what I say. I mean, this is from my searching and what I've, you know, experienced in my life. This is my experience. Everybody's going through their own experience, and I'm just telling you a part of my experience. So, you know, um, I encourage everyone to – to not take just what I say. Look, look up the salt, look up the stuff. There's a lot of different information out there. There's a lot of false information, but there's a lot of good information. You just got to search for it. And whatever feels, um, whatever feels comfortable for you is what you need to go with. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. It's your journey. So um, if you guys need me back, um, I'm more than willing to. I just need a heads up to know so I can I can fake my arrangements to have my um, my mother-in-law come and hang out um, with my girls, but um, it was a pleasure, and I and I wish everyone the best. Okay, and with that, let's give uh, Tella a great big hug. One, two, three. <laughs> hug. Did you feel? You don't need to worry about the hole in my shirt. Oh, I did. <laughs> Thank you so mm, much. There we go. <laughs> this is baby <laughs> All right, you guys. I will be. I'll right. let you know. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great Thank day, you. everyone. Thank you. Great bye. job. Okay. Bye bye. Wow. Plenty of non-metal options. Yeah, that's what. Uh, Afferon. I don't know who that is. Thing. And she's so right because I used to uh, work with a gal out in California, Cheryl's her name, and we got this very, very special made. And if you look at it, you think, oh, it's just plastic. No, it was uh, actually a nutritional type of uh, silverware. But over the years and with having roommates, 
two or three pieces went into the garbage because it was plastic. And um, so I lost some of my spoons. But uh, there is a difference when you're taking the special um, type of of silverware, to use the terminology, and you go back to metal, you taste the metal. It's really interesting. Now, here's someone saying, thank you. She really lives her life to the fullest on healthy food. Yes, she does. Oh, that, that was me. Oh, but Afron said <laughs> corningware, uh, plenty of non-metal options. Oh, okay. And Afron said it's Michael, by the way. From the Patriot Network, way back, friend of Coop. All right, Michael, thank you for joining us. Michael and I uh, and Emily knew each other in the Patriot group that we had here in Greenville. Welcome back, Michael. I'm so glad you've joined us. I always send our group of people all of what's going on so that people keep abreast because Sometimes we get so going so fast, we, we don't stop to learn. And um, Neva's been sending me these wonderful videos, and I have a silent computer. It just stares at me and gives me the silent raspberries because I have no sound anymore. So Uh-oh. people, I, I appreciate anything I send out to you, and you'll learn something from it. Please tell me what it was about so I can retain it. So when I... because you know how our emails are, it goes zip right on down. So, <laughs> and we move, lose it if we don't put it in our little files. So uh, you guys were so great in giving Tella great um, questions and answers, and really it, it was great participation. Thank you. So when do you want her back? <laughs> tomorrow. All right, we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> She was great. Wow. Yep. Yeah. She's a little gal that's learned a lot. Did you know what I did? I yeah, went out what? and immediately bought some, some distilled water and an apple and rubbed it. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, it's, it's, it's about doing... I feel great. Doing the action. Most... Uh, not our group. We've all had our times of transition. It takes a time of transition to change over to stuff. So it's really important. I know I have to get back on the distilled. I got to tell you, uh, the distilled did make a difference. I just couldn't financially keep up with it because it was a dollar a day. I was drinking a gallon of distilled water a day. And that's, you know, we're doing 30 days. That's, uh, you know, a lot of money. So I, I wasn't able to budget that. You know, when oh. I was a little girl, my mother used to make distilled water with this little wand thing that she would put in the water because she couldn't to make distilled water for for her iron. Do you remember those? Well, I remember the still, uh, distilled water that we had to put in our irons, but uh, I never had anybody have it made in those days, so it was um, quite um, a novel idea to even have it made. So, uh, but I've I've priced those suckers, and they're expensive. They've really been uh, a budgeting item I've been attempting to do. You should build us one. 
That's what we need to do. Why am I thinking of anything else? <laughs> Call up Kishi today and say, how do we coat the wires and do all this stuff? Yeah. I think that's going to, you know, I think his his way of doing things is going to give us ways of coating things, ways of using plasma. I am just so excited that we're still alive and here to see this happen. <laughs> right. Hey, right. Me, me too. I, I have a question. What is yeah. zero point energy? And how zero we, point? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was the rest of the just question? I'm sorry. Just, just curious. Yeah, just, no, how can we, I, you thought I was done, but I, I thought probably was, and, and uh, that's why I shut up. But, uh, I think I was going to ask, has it even been really used in any type of um, application for health purposes? Is there any uh, evidence of, of that? And is that something you guys have heard of? Well, yes. And, and, yes, and go ahead. Who said yes first? Go ahead. Or, well, okay. I don't know. Orpha did. Go ahead, Orpha. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I was first, but um, it, it's you. Basically, going to zero point is where you're getting your body balanced. You're you're coming to a point where you are not polarized from one end to the other, and balance is what in nature is necessary to be healthy. Okay. And, and you must maintain it, and that is exactly what uh, Tella was saying, ways to maintain it, because you, uh, that's why we do the three Ps, psychological, physical, and um, now I've, of course, forgotten the last P, but it's, the issue is you've got to have all of those areas balanced as well as possible for you to stay ahead of this insanity that's going on around us, all of us. And that's why everybody brings, they feed us. All of you are feeding us with information that some of us may not have heard or you heard it and, oh, I needed to hear that again, you know, that kind of thing. But what I learned with zero-point energy and what's also called scalar energy and I've used that for healing modalities over the years. We got into it in the uh, when we were in Jin, um, uh, which was uh, Global Information Network, and we got a lot of information about scalar energy and, and started using it and having different ways we could do it. And again, life moves on. Everything moves on so that you either drop it or it becomes it becomes contaminated and you don't know how to clean it. And that's, that's where I am. I have some stuff that I need to clean and I don't know how to clean it. I, and if anybody does, I'd love to learn it. So what, anybody else? Uh, uh, Colin, do you have anything about zero-point energy? Colin? I guess he might be sleeping. What? What? Um, I saw something about a wand one time on the internet that was coming out as a zero-point energy type of, like, device. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah, we had that, and I got that. And it I heard a, a story about that one, too, that you used it backwards on your dog. I used it. I used it on the dog. Well, I used it on exactly. anything I could heal. If it was sick, I used it. 
I mean, I even took uh, reconnection uh, training so that I could use it on myself and the dog. So, yes, whatever did you, I get. Did you mistake it as a thermometer? Uh-uh, it is not mistaken <laughs> as a thermometer because I would never do that on a poor dog. They're I'm defiled enough. Sorry. I know, but they're defiled <laughs> enough, you know. So, um, hey, Patty said it. <laughs> well, Colin told me. Here we go, the gossip line. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but that go ahead with uh, what you were saying, Wonder, about the, the wand. I, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, the wand is very useful insofar as uh, I was able to, uh, I have it in my drawer. It's a, 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 a kind of like a, a fountain pen size. And you can use it to uh, just put it next to your, your hurting area and stuff. But, it, again, it gets contaminated when you keep using it. And I, I never got anything in which to clean it. Because uh, when we used to do crystals, the gal I worked with crystals, she said you had to put it in a salt solution. Do I remember what kind of salt to put it in there? No. <laughs> and so uh, Wonder. you put it in a, and you put in, yeah, go ahead, Orphe, if you have a feedback on that. Well, I know one way you clean crystals. Um, I don't know if it will work on the wand. I don't see why it wouldn't. Anything with nature should do it. But you can take, like, crystals, and like I said, maybe you can do this with the wand, and bury it in dirt for, like, um, three days or something like that. And the dirt, you know, will cleanse it. Just like it cleanses us if we are able to walk on the dirt. You know, that's a brilliant point. Thank you. And sometimes running running water, good Mm -hmm. running water, um, over it will also clean crystals. Now, whether or not you'd want to put your pen in it, I'm not sure. The Mm -hmm. wand. But I'm just giving you suggestions for crystals because I know there's more than just the one, you know, the salt water for the crystals. But I... You can try it with the wand. Yeah. Wait, says something about being able to get them for $10 or that they're fairly inexpensive. And I would think wherever you could get them would have information on how to clean them. Well, at the time we were getting them, they were very much more than $10. Okay, we've and got to get a hold of Wade then and find out where how he... Can you do it? You're you talking about something different, Patty. Uh-oh. The, Am I? The, wand, the wands that Wade is talking about are plasmic type of... It, it clears the plasma. Um, and I forget what... Uh, with, uh, nano-coated something or another. Anyway, that's not that's not the zero-point pens. Oh, okay. Different. But, I mean, those those things are good. <laughs> and th- those are $10, but they usually send you more than just one. And that's coming from the Philippines. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, because, because and, and Eurovedic, I've taken Eurovedic uh, medicine, and, um, but I know I was too polluted. I was doing a, a candida cleanse at one time uh, in my life. This was in the 90s. And 
I, I just never felt really good, and the gal I was doing it through was saying, well, just hang in there. It's going to get better. Well, I ended up feeling so sick, and um, this was on my first date with this guy in the tall club, and I think I've told you that story about how he took me to the, uh, to the ER, and um, they took out my appendix. After that, I felt great. I think with what what um, Tell is saying, what Emily's always said, you've got to get the um, the crap in our system out. If you're not getting it out, it stays with you, and that that was true. I could not get it out of my system, and I it it caused my appendix to near rupture. So wow. it, it behooves us to really. Cleanse the liver and um, gallbladder. I don't have a gallbladder because I was too ignorant at that time, so I don't have a gallbladder now. So it behooves us to really be uh, on our toes about how much they're taken away from you when it doesn't have to be removed. Most of the stuff they take out doesn't have to be removed. Mm. So... um, it's good that we're having these different varieties. Um, you know, and I apologize, Emily's not on. Go ahead. There, I used to try and cleanse my my body using uh, some over-the-counter drinks just for for weed, you know, to get rid of weed in your system, THC, basically. Um, and uh, they, you know, couldn't were leaving traces. You know, like in in your urine of that of high vitamin content stuff like that. You know, uh, and so obviously, it, you know, but then I started using a I used a apple cider vinegar. I believe no, no, it wasn't. I just drank a pickle pickle juice straight out the jar before I had to the night before I had to go and test and I had tested clean. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And, and that so apple think, cider vinegar is, is fabulous. Yeah. What else did you use it for? Well, no, they, uh, well, I haven't actually applied it to anything else. Um, actually, they make some really good barbecue sauce. But um, <laughs> if you know how to make bar- <laughs> barbecue sauce, apple cider vinegar is really good in that. So. But, but, yeah, well, so the application of it, though, um, to cleanse, I've used it, and and, and it's worked. So uh, I, at least I did a pass. You know, I didn't have to. Well, research. let me tell you something about that. Okay, it's very expensive. Okay. It's very expensive to actually test the urine. So they do what is called a dipstick test on it. Right. And okay. if it's got THC in it, it'll test positive on the stick. Well, I'm in drug court. And I've got some clean pee to use to do my test, but <laughs> it it breaks and I can't I can't cheat. And it's on break time and I'm going, what the hell am I gonna do? What the hell am I gonna do? So I went over to the Seven Eleven and I got some banana slurpee. <laughs> and I'm praying that she doesn't smell the banana in this yellow liquid I'm putting in this bottle that she's gonna get. Oh, no. <laughs> Only you, Patty. Only you. 
Oh, but you know what? I never made it through drug court because I was cheating. And I learned a whole lot about myself. And now that I don't have to do it for the government, I'm able to stay clean when I want to stay clean. I don't stay clean off the marijuana because of the cancer and stuff. But I don't do any of the other drugs, and I don't drink, and I don't, you know, you have to want to do it for yourself, not for some damn government. You know, excuse my language. Well, all of what we're talking about. Are you calling marijuana a drug? Because I don't call that a drug. I I call that a natural medicinal cure. Great, Lola. That's exactly right. Because they put it in your medicine before the Second World War. I, I missed something. I missed about the last minute. So which, I don't know. Which last minute? Uh, Patty was saying something, and then you just said something. I missed what Patty was just saying. No, in between was Lola. Oh. And Lola oh. was saying that it, she did not believe it was a drug. It is a natural herbal um, medicinal cure. Season. It's a natural it's, medicinal cure thank of you. God. It's a natural natural nature, medicinal cure. Everything on this earth is here that we need to cure ourselves. We just are deciding that we're going to try to be CERN, do everything ourselves and not use what we've been given. I don't know why we feel we have to reinvent the wheel. Why can we not just use what was put here so perfectly for us to use and try to change this? And I'm not sure why all these billions of people in this world are not rising up and getting this, that somebody's trying to move the cheese or change the wheel. Why are we doing this? Because of the fact that they, if we did do it, they would lose, and that's not their game play. And also, uh, with us using, they have killed off the Indians who only use naturals. They have killed off the uh, Africans who only use natural to heal. They have killed off the, uh, or at least denigrated, the Hawaiian shaman. In China, they don't get into China to do that, and they don't get into Japan. Well, they are in Japan. But the Asian medicine is two and 3,000 years old, and our Western medicine has killed more people than anything else in the world. So what the the thing is, is like my son said, we use the doctor because they know what they're doing. I keep my mouth shut. I just call it American Murderers Association and let them deal with it because that's the worst thing that can be done. We, we have them again back to the programming, Lola. More people are, are waking up. It's just not the quantity you want. And that you've been, as you said before, and you've gone on different calls and said the same thing. You're spreading the desire. It's not why not. It's when are you going to join together? When are you going to wake up? Our, our question is um, the when. Now is the time. Instead of why. Why, 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 we learned in gin, is not an operative question. It's why not is the answer. So, uh, but when, when, now is a good time. How, 
this is how you can do it, where in your own family, those are the questions. May I? And that's uh, the question. Go ahead. I just want to, I, I did what I have to say is going to shift gears. Hopefully that's okay. Yeah, we shift gears all the time around here. Just get it in first gear and plow ahead, man. <laughs> um, so there's a car going by it and they make some noise. But I have uh, came across some information in my civil procedure study doing these bar review books, right, that uh-huh. talks about personal jurisdiction. So I'm sure you, you're, a law, you're a law scholar, so you know about personal jurisdiction and how the, how the state gets the personum jurisdiction. You know, or how someone can get, you know, personal jurisdiction over uh, a person. But the, what, what's cool is that you, have to, you can consent ahead of time in writing, they say. Okay, but now, now and, and also, I, they've been talking about the, the contract. There's a, thing, there's a definition um, basically having to do with, uh, I have to pull up the definition. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? The infant can't contract, you see. Someone has to contract for him. It's the friendly suit, right? And the friendly suit is usually brought, it's like a without formal process, you see. And it's also a con- claim concerning infants because infants cannot effectively release the claim by contract. Now, what's, what's interesting about that is that if they, in California, they did away with any type of process or procedure to, to remove minors' disabilities. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I would like to offer that, that we can consent ahead of time, as David Windmiller has done with his correct sentence structures and his consent to the laws. I sent him just yesterday uh, a sample of the consent jurisdiction claim sentence that I wrote, and he just texted me right back with the word nice. So... It was pretty sweet, you know. And and, and what what can you say about that, you guys, uh, regarding the the consenting ahead of time, um, you know, to the jurisdiction? And also, there's this one other object that con- um, on the way to a judicial proceeding as well. You know, that's protected. You're protected against personal jurisdiction by by a state or someone when you're on your route to a judicial proceeding. And because David has an oath, he's creating himself. And create himself to this, this, like, he's totally within the law. You know? All right. Hello? Well, see, that, that, so you're saying David is in the law with what he's saying from where you're coming from. Yep. He's doing everything by the book. Interesting. Yeah. Because of the fact that, A, he's consenting ahead of time to the jurisdiction. He, why do you think he rocks the American flag on his paperwork? Also, yesterday, I watched a video by Rob Ryder, right? Um, and it's called, uh, had something to do with the stamping of the, of the letter instead of the envelope. And he pulled up information, um, you know, from, from the Internet with some, source, some resources or whatever. That I can't quite quote right now. But ultimately, another validation of David's putting of a stamp on the actual letter itself. You see? Um, and just going and getting the United States Post Office to actually stamp that, the letter, stamping the letter, not the envelope. The and internal it, letter, not the envelope. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just wow. like, 
Wow, that's amazing. I mean, and you know what's interesting also, guys, is I've been doing a lot of centering lately. I've been dealing with a lot of previous, like, trauma, okay, and I've been trying to stay centered. And, uh, and I think I cro- stuff comes up from my past, you so, you know, inside. I'm like, okay, what's going on? I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm like acting like I'm, like, three. Point I'm trying to make. Um, the, I did uh, a Ho'opono in, with, with conscious intent directly to some individuals out here a few, but th- at least three or four times, right, when I was talking with them. And every single time, the reaction was like a giggle from everybody. <laughs> and they were, they were like, it was like they had to see the knowledge of it within themselves, but they didn't really, you know what I mean? I, I even had a run-in yesterday with uh, like a, uh, uh, an Asian food restaurant, right? They messed up my order. I actually messed up my order because I didn't make the right claim in the beginning. But I got on the phone and we had a little tip, tip or whatever. And then when I came to the restaurant and brought the bag back, I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a whole pono to him, right? That's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> I did that and everything's changed. From there, he made me a whole new meal, was hella happy, told me just be cool, you know, we all cool. And he was like smiling and yeah, it was nice. All right. And see, wow. that is the point. Uh, I sent, how many of you opened up that attachment I wrote? Richard Martin from Ohio sent the actual story that I read years ago and attempted to relay to you. And, of course, I made it a a prison, and it was a mental hospital. And he was the, uh, Dr. Len, I think his name is, and he just sat at at their folders and he, and, and Orpheus said this, you have to heal yourself first. And he said, as I healed myself, they got healed. And I wonder, what, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're done. Uh, let me finish the point here. With, yeah. with what you're doing, you're actually having to look inside yourself and get forgiveness for you. And, and it doesn't matter if it's the same thing. It's just forgiveness of you to what is going on out there. Go ahead, Orpha. I reread that, and I came out of that with something that I hadn't picked up on before. And it, it doesn't change the Ho'oponopono, but it really enhances and elaborates it and Actually, to me, it makes more sense as to why it works on others. And let me see if I can explain it. And if you go back and read it, you'll see where he actually says this. When you're doing it, well, you should never do it on or for anybody else. You do it for yourself. You do it, you you heal yourself. But the interesting thing that I came out of that with was that when you're trying to help somebody else with doing it with by healing yourself it's your creation you are the one that's creating whatever it is that they're doing and i thought about that and i'm going well everything that we're doing here is our we're creating it everything that happens to us we're creating it and if you're 
when you're seeing something, you know, somebody having a, a hard pro, a hard challenge or whatever it is, whether they're sick, whether they're going crazy, whatever it is that you're wanting to help them with, it's your creation. Now just think about that a minute. And they're um, just acting it out. And they're just basically, yeah. So in order for you doing the Ho'oponopono to help them, you're doing it on yourself. You are healing that creation that you created that they're acting out. You, that's inside you, not them. And that's and why... One time. No, go ahead. Well, yeah, it, it's, you know, that's why you go within, you heal yourself um, for what's happening, and that's why it affects them. You're not healing them. You're healing yourself. Uh, but I thought it was very interesting to, to come away with that and see that, my gosh, it's me that's creating. And it's like, you know, we, we it's that mirror thing, you know. You, you If you see something you don't like, it's something within you. And it's, so I, I thought that was very interesting to come away with that. And didn't you say, Donaldson, that you realized that you had some responsibility because of the way you ordered the meal that they yes. could have mis- misunderstood? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, that's beautiful. But I'm afraid that I, if I do oh, that what? to the wrong I person, they might hit me over the head. <laughs> I didn't think about doing uh, that, that. my messed up order. I didn't think about that until I thought about doing the Ho'opono. I was like, like, I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, I should do that because I think I messed up my order in the beginning. Something like that. You know, so so you're healing. Yeah, you were healing yourself. Right. So the only thing that I really could have said and made any type of logical sense to the guy was, look, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You know, thank you. I love you. (laughs) And and the order, Orpha, did you see the order of how... Dr. Len says it. He says, I love you. Who do you think he's saying I love you to? You're saying it to you. Right. That's what I keep trying to tell you guys. You're saying all this. You're putting I love you you at the end, Orpha. You put it at the end. I'm saying he puts it at the beginning. But if you look at that, he's only using I'm sorry, I love you. But when he does no, the whole he's not. line, you read that you all read, again. You look at you it. Read it again, okay. Orpha. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why are we arguing about this? If everybody, whoever feels it needs to say it one way or another, that's minor. It's being said. All of those words are coming out. We can change words around. That's allowed in life. <laughs> Thank you, Lola. That's a good point. And I'm, I'm, I'm just. Uh, was trying to c- get some clarity, and I didn't mean to keep chopping you off, Lola. Um, or for no, that, I apologize. I'm that just was, saying well, I think funny. he was doing kind of a shorter version there. When, I'm just saying when, if, if you look at that, he was writing, when he does the four, it is at the end. But when he said that you can do just, I'm sorry, I love you. Uh, well, I read the article, and I and I just want to put it to rest for my um, hearing it, perhaps, is that when I read it and the way it's written, it was, I love you, 
I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. They're the same four lines. Same four lines. So I'm a Libra. I like to be different. But I don't. I'll go back. I'm sorry. I'm a Libra, and I like to be different. So probably I would be one of those that just kind of changed the word around here or there just so I was different. But it's, but, 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 but. it's from the heart, and the meaning that comes yeah. from the heart is what's passing. To me, saying I'm sorry I love you is saying I'm sorry that I love you. <laughs> well, you, you know got what I mean? mean? Well, that's a good point. I really, really liked this man's attitude, when I first came into the restaurant, I thought he was impressive. And I was like, this is cool, man. I'm coming back to one of my favorite restaurants, and I'm seeing someone new. That's really awesome. I felt good. And then when I had got, I got the food, and I went and did my thing, and we had a phone call, I felt destroyed. I was like, what the hell happened right there? I really like this guy, right? He's cool. And now I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> I started it. I'll finish it my way, the way I want to. And I was like, okay, I'll feel, I want to feel good, you know, about this. Good. And I just put, forced myself, you know, really, and it, because it really felt good to get into it with you guys on the phone regarding that. But I think okay. that also the additional bonus to having this level of peace is that we can start to, like, other areas of our of interest start to clear up also. Like, for me, I can, I see manifestations quicker um, I'll just think I need something, and boom, it's right there. It's happened so like at least five times this last week. That's uh, wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, but you know, with the, especially with the legal thing, um, many many. See, this is how I feel like uh, we manifest is is once we create a a pathway in physical life, right, for something to come through, then our energy of creativity can actually begin to flow out into the world, right? So it's really neat to establish relationships with people, you know, regarding business ideas or or creative ideas, and then watch, you know, like as you go out and get the first little couple of items ready, watch how things start to come together, you know, with the manifestations. Excellent. And, 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 you know, each one of us, just like Lola said, each one of us has the right and the encouragement to do it their way. There is no right or wrong way. And my insisting it has to be this way is full of hops. So I just really appreciate everybody having their own encouragement. And it is about encouragement. So good, good on well, all. And there's, a, there's another thing with that. We don't really know when we're dealing with something from our subconscious, especially as everything continues to move forward, we're probably not totally aware of what our subconscious is telling us and why we're saying it that way. But our subconscious probably knows and knows why we've changed it or reversed it or that person did it that way. We're still in the, in the ether part that we're learning. You know, we don't know all, but maybe we do, but we don't consciously know why we've done that yet. And even when something happens to you, you never even knew it happened to you until years later. I was reading an interesting book by, um, uh, it was a, um, 
one of these mystery books, and it was a Kellerman mystery. I don't know if any of you read him, Jonathan Kellerman, and he usually does it in California, and this time he did it in Israel. But the psychopathic person that was actually telling the behind the story was unbelievable in, uh, in how much it was so psychopathic in everything he did. And he didn't even understand what was going on in this insane house he grew up. And uh, he didn't realize it wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. He had no, no idea what normalcy was. And many things have happened to each and every one of us that we never knew it was an occasion. Correct? Right. That's correct. Have happened? Yeah. Yes. And, that, and you then can years later. Go ahead. 40, 40 years later. And also, I, does someone want to say something? Go ahead. Lola well, that's was fine. Go ahead. Just... I was just going to say, shouts out to my mother, you know, shouts out to my mother right now, Laura, because, like, I also had a realization that I have been neglecting, just not even appreciating my mother, really, you know. I never met my mom in, when I was three years old, you know. Uh, we were, you know, split. The family got split by the state. Uh-huh. But the 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 thing was was I was always putting Donald as Donaldson. I'm I'm my dad's kid. I'm always associating myself with my father for some strange reason, right? But when I had this shift, what I what I decided to do was change my name from Donaldson to Larson, right? Or it'd be like the equivalent to showing respect to my mother. You see. I, you know, I carry my my father's personality traits. That's fine. I can see that. But I also want to be balanced, right, in my energy. So, therefore, I need to somehow allow for both creative aspects of my past to kind of come together in the now, you know. Wow. Correct. And, and you're going to always find those growths in yourself for many different things that come along. That will even change that thing. I was so glad when, and this is going to sound cruel, when my mother died when I was 13. She was out of her pain. She had a miserable life. But she created her miserable life. We are responsible for our lives. I didn't get that for a long time. But she, she, she had her drinking and she had her mental illness. She had all this stuff. She was miserable. What can you do when you're miserable? Right. And don't let me downplay the, the the respect for women aspect. This has been kind of like a like a uh, an interesting rise in, in 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 frequency over the past few like years, like at least five or six years, where where I've began like wow, you know, the, the woman is just truly amazing. I'm just like. It's, it's, I was in my woman, my my mom's body, right, for nine months, and I wasn't totally, not even, like, I'm giving my dad all the credit, okay? There you go. Yeah. That's, that's it, okay? So, come on. You can do it, guys. <laughs> I, I just love okay, that I need to hear this. We'll just call you a squirt now <laughs> since you're giving your dad the credit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the right, other side right. of it, uh, Dean Martin said it was only five minutes. He had five children. <laughs> that's really, that's getting it down to the bare bones, kids. Right. That's what Dean Martin said. I mean, that's the way he felt. 
And, and I'm sure he loved his kids, but I mean, it was still five minutes. She did all the work. But that's, I think a lot of people don't want to, they've, so this is the condition. Everyone's all cutting off parts of their self. They don't want to feel certain feelings, right? They'd rather feel good all the time. So I understand that bliss is our natural state of being. Okay? So we're trying to feel good. That's just counterproductive, you know? Um, I, I, it's really interesting for me right now, this space that I'm in with you guys on this call. Well, you, the very good. you're showing is great. Go ahead. Lola? Someone wanted to say something? Oh, I said very good. Very good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, it's great growth because I, when you really get down to it, it's all an inside job. All we're doing is messengering. Each of us messenger to someone in our lives for them to hear something they need to hear at the time they need to hear it. Oh, my God, you guys. I know exactly why I'm a little sharper or maybe, you know, on point or a little more or whatever, why I feel that way. It's because I was drinking that pure that good stuff in the morning, that water this morning, a few, about a two hours ago, and then the apple as well. I really don't eat apples in the morning, uh-huh. you know. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think we definitely, that has... I'm living proof, basically, on this call. I did exactly what uh, Tella was saying to do, and I went out and did it, and now I'm feeling hella good, so everyone, well, really good, so, yeah. Well, the thing, continue it, and it will, and in the long run, you will spend less money. I've just found that I I screw myself by just what she said. We talk, when we've talked this out before, we talk ourselves out of it. We talk yeah. ourselves into illness. Uh, last year, I buried a friend of mine who talked herself into dying. She died. Huh. Really? And so she's gone. But it's the point that we don't have to do that. We do not have to do that. All of us can live and, and have a fruitful life. I mean, it's, there's so much Absolutely. excitement out here. It- there's an issue that needs to be brought up. It's the sex in school. That This is something that I want to start attacking with uh, educating our students about sex in school, I think, should be passed legislatively, and I think that's where quantum can come in, you know, on the creep. And it should be like, yo, okay, well, we're going to challenge this legislation you want to teach our children about, you know, um, I know that, you know, like transsexual gender acceptance, you know, and all that stuff. And, like, Really? Seriously? Well, they're doing a thing. There is a, we had a, uh, something on the Internet where a teacher or a principal or an office, I don't know, an administration, I don't know, someone in the system refused to call this little girl a boy. And why should she be fired for saying the correct sex? Because they want the confusion in the children. And and that's that's where quantum and us coming in with a lot of different types of you're not going to do this to these kids. It's a it's a mind fuck. Right. So we should collab or something like that. If you're interested in and maybe we can talk about you know brainstorm on ideas on how to approach the the issue. Yeah, because uh, how confusing. 
how many right. children know who they are when they're little? And you're telling a girl she's a boy and a boy he's a girl? Or, mm-hmm. or They're not even doing the, the basic thing. You're an unisex. Mm-hmm. Who's an unisex, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't and become it, a mm-hmm. metamorphosis. I think this was part of the plan, that to, to corrupt uh, the, you know, humanity even more uh, yeah. because uh, they got it in there th- through their disguise of being doing something good of, with awareness, with condoms and stuff like that, you know, and, for like, and they had it only for a certain age group, right, above like, it, like 16 or 17 or maybe 15, right, sex ed, I don't know what, but then maybe they started creeping it down lower and lower or something like that, and then finally they're just like, okay, well, we're just going to teach everyone about this now. Yeah. To me, it's like, wow. Good morning. Good morning. Anybody? Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. My hands are frozen. Um, I was, I've been listening. Can I, uh, can I talk a little bit about some of the ideas that I've had since you guys have been talking? Yeah. Go ahead. I, I was, first of all, I was wanting to talk about the iron just real quickly. I was listening to, um, to y'all on that, and I remembered an article I read a few years ago about Africa. And in Africa, there is a um, a real deficiency of iron um, because of the poor diet. And so, an evangelist or some kind of um, social support organization went to Africa and taught the people how to make iron ducks. And basically, it's just molted iron. And it's uh, poured into a duck mold, a small, looks like a little flat in the palm of your hand duck. And then what they would do is they would cook uh, their stews or whatnot and throw the iron duck in there uh, while the stew was cooking. And the reason for that was so that the iron, as it was heated, would um, particles of the iron would break off into the stew, the food that was being cooked and it was replacing the iron deficiency of the people. And so this um, organization had gone and taught all the various tribes how to make the iron. And then, so I tried to look up and find that article so I could be factual, and I could not find it. So I was wondering, wonder why I can't find it? But I was trying to look on my phone while I was listening. Um, And so then I came across a bunch of articles about uh, over um, absorption of iron and how it is harmful to the body. And that led me to an article of uh, garlic, how garlic can help, um, you know. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Hi, uh, Jerry. Uh, we're just letting uh, Elaine tell us something. Hello. Go ahead. So, anyway, it was just the iron, um, or I'm sorry, the garlic was able to help eliminate excess amounts of iron in the blood. So um, that was pretty interesting. And then that took me back to my my studies about back in the 1800s. We all know that, you know, well, if you're old enough, you know your parents had a solid silver eating utensil set. And the reason that they did that back in the 1800s is for the same reason that we use colloidal silver today, because of its, its uh, you know, immuno immunology or because of its ability to boost your immune system. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well. But I wanted to, um, so I was just kind of throwing that out there. One thing about garlic is uh, 
your uh, body is a filtration system, and your blood vessels, uh, blood uh, passes through the veins, uh, the little canals that flow the blood, and as it passes, the blood vessels burst, and this creates an oxygenation effect that helps to penetrate your filtration system and allow a better flow. So iron, or I'm sorry, garlic has been used for for thinning the blood and reducing blood pressure, you know, holistically. But I did want to talk about Obamacare and something that happened with me uh, just to help, because it's something that I learned that was helpful. Uh, I've been paying uh, about 113, now it's going up to 120 a month for health insurance, and it's mandated by law. So I've never used my health insurance, but I figured, well, it's been a year, I better get a physical. So um, in California, I had um, a, uh, I have fibrous breasts, but I had a lump in my breast. And so uh, the doctor was looking at the lump and then saying, well, you know, we would rather do an ultrasound for a better uh, view of this so we can really evaluate it. But a mammogram has been proven to be a risk factor. I've heard all kinds of stories about mammograms can rupture, assist in your breast, and, re- and release free radicals. And if you know, if you have a cancerous cyst that is not burst in your breast, and then you have a mammogram, it can release the free radicals, and you can have cancer move through your body. So that was the reason why in California they were doing ultrasounds on me every six months to measure the growth or not of this mass in my breast. So when I tried to look online about that, I didn't find anything directly related to, you know, um, smashing a cancerous cyst and releasing free radicals. But what I did find is that a lot of information about a mammogram gives you the equivalent of 10 x-rays, so you're going to have one on each breast, so 20 chest x-rays of radiation. And also... um, that, you know, a mammogram, if you have an implant, is a high uh, risk factor for breaking your implant. So I I had my records forwarded from California, and I met with my doctor for the first time and explained the whole situation and told her where the um, the lump had been. And, and so she was doing a breast exam and said, well, it seems to be larger if that was the case then. And I said, maybe so. And so she said, well, we want to do a mammogram. And I told her, well, the previous records uh, have said that, you know, really should do an ultrasound on that breast. So she wrote the doctor's order for a mammogram on left breast and ultrasound on right. And so I went to the hospital that was to perform that, and I took the paperwork to the um, scheduler who said, no, you have to have a mammogram before we'll do an ultrasound. And I said to her, well, I don't understand, and I didn't say it sarcastically, just, you know, honestly, I don't understand why a scheduler is questioning a doctor's orders. And she said, well, let me go talk to the radiologist. And then she came back and said, well, you're going to have to have a mammogram first. We have to have a baseline. And I said, well, that puts me at risk. So I asked to speak to someone in administration. And I went and spoke with a lady in administration and said, you know, uh, this is the situation. I First of all, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking this. I should not have to explain to a scheduler or anybody else 
the, the situation with my breast. It should be a personal and private thing. And when the doctor writes an order, it should just be performed. It shouldn't be questioned. And, and that's what I'm thinking. And so as I'm explaining to this lady about my cyst in my breast and the previous history of ultrasounds and blah, 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 um, she's saying, well, I don't understand it either. Let me call the radiologist. So who came in was the director of radiology. And he came in at first very nice, telling me about, you know, oh, I don't understand that normally a doctor's orders stand, so I'll have to check into this. Let me talk to radiologists. He was very nice. And I said, well, the concern is that if I have a cancerous tumor in my breast and it's ruptured, I could be at risk, and I don't want to be at risk. And, um, and so I'd just like to have this done the way the doctor has ordered it. And so when he came, and I said, there's a lot of studies about, you know, uh, risk to women that have mammograms if they have cysts in their breasts. And so he said, okay, well, let me talk to radiologists. When he came back, he didn't talk to the radiologist. He talked to some staff doctor. And, um, and he came back very uh, sarcastically. Uh, we are the medical facility. Your doctor has written for an ultrasound, but our policy is to have mammogram. And I said, no, what about the studies? And he got very uh, sarcastic and rude and said, well, if there was a study like that, I'm sure the doctor would know about it. And um, so this is what you're going to have to do, period, get a mammogram first. Well, you know, the attitude of the man was really awful. And so I said to him, and here's the point, as relates to Obamacare. I said, so then you're refusing me, you're refusing my care, you're refusing me treatment. And the look on his face just immediately changed. And then he looked over at the other administrator. And then he looked back at me and he said, I didn't say that. I'm not refusing you treatment. And I said, yes, you are, because you're telling me that I can't have the treatment that the doctor has prescribed and that I have to follow the protocol of, of a mammogram first. And if I don't do that, I can't have the treatment that the doctor has prescribed. And he said, well, we need a baseline. And I said, well, you know, I think that it would be better to um, get the medical records to contact the doctor and to say you need this and to deal with it that way versus putting the pressure on me and um, making me have to worry about this issue. And then I left because I had to do a meeting. So good for you. Yeah. So, so long story short, um, I, I contacted, I started thinking about it, and my doctor was caving in because of the hospital policy. And so I got a return call that I didn't hear, so I couldn't speak with her. Um, and and it was, well, they're saying that you need your mammogram. And so your previous records do say routine mammogram. And so I called over to California and I said, did you send the films and whatnot? And they said, no, we don't send films, just the medical records. So I said, who can send the films? And they said radiology. So I called over to the third-party radiology group who had done the ultrasound and asked them about it. And they said, yes, we can send the film. And then it says, but it does say routine mammogram. But the problem is the third-party radiology group puts every woman on a routine mammogram schedule. 
So yeah. even if I'm getting a specialized care regarding a diagnostic ultrasound, it didn't matter because it's about making the money on the routine mammograms. And right. that's what it was about with this hospital. So I asked the, uh, the office lady who called me relaying the doctor's message, why is she changing her mind? I'm, un- I'm not understanding why she's changing her mind and reversing her previous doctor's order. And so then I came to find out that the orders or the specific information related to the diagnostic ultrasounds that had been previously done were excluded from my file by my doctor's office staff and was not scanned into my file. So they were just seeing the third-party recommendation for, you know, annual mammogram. And they were telling me that's what it says in your file, so I had to get them to dig deeper and see. Um, Bottom line is that I I had to be my own solution. I didn't want to get wrapped up in all the egocentric stuff related to my, you know, I know more than you or this is our hospital policy and we have to make money. So uh, I didn't want to get into that because it's just a waste of my time. So I called over. And um, and what I did is, is I had the uh, imaging company that did the, the previous work in California send the records. And what I had said to the rude director of radiology at the hospital was, instead of burdening the plant or the um, patient who may have a serious concern feeling threatened with possible breast cancer, it might be better for you guys to contact the doctor and deal with this on your own. So. Because they didn't do it, I did it. And then my doctor called me back and said, well, what we've done is contact the radiology group to have them send the films to the hospital. And I said, well, I did that too. So you can do that. You can be proactive. And if you, it is against the law under this new Obama thing for us to be denied care because of the condition. And so when I told the guy, well, you're denying me treatment, that's what triggered all of this, you know, being done the way it should have been done at first. I, you know, so that's just one of the things. Now, the nurse did say, or the doctor, well, the the hospital said they'll do a mammogram, or I'm sorry, they'll do the ultrasound only if I change the order to read or mammogram PRN is needed. And, and so I said, well, why did you do that? And she said, well, that's the only way that I could get the ultrasound, and I said, so they'll probably do the ultrasound and then just want to do the mammogram, and she said, well, really, this is probably all just right. all of, this is all about the money. She said, you can deny a mammogram. So she then it puts it back on me that I denied care or I denied service. So we really are, you know, put in a, a really bad situation with this healthcare policy. So that's the one thing I wanted to bring out on that. But about, I was thinking about Donovan, and, um, and you know, one thing I've learned about myself is, um, you know, I've been on my own um, since 13, and I have never um, been brought up by my parents. So everything that I've learned has been from my life experience. And I have become a beautiful person. I have uh, love in my heart. And I act on that love. And I do my best to, you know, think before I act and to try to be compassionate in what I do. That doesn't mean that if I do that, that it's going to always be to my benefit. 
in most cases it's not because we don't live in a world of love. We live in a world of, of fear and, uh, you know, defensiveness. And so, but my uh, my foundation, the concrete that I stand on is in life is the lessons I've learned by my individual life experience, not those things that have been forced on me or the influences I've had from family. So I can say that I am very happy with who I am today and so happy that even though I've been really hurt by my family, I can still love them. Wow, I am proud of you. That is very cool to hear. I relate to that totally. Yeah, and I I knew knew you would. And the thing is that, you know, we have to release the bonds that tie us in order to rise up from the pain of past experiences. And, you know, at some point, and this is not meant to be anything negative, we have to just say, I'm moving on, you know, I, I'm a man or I'm a woman and my life begins anew today with each step I take, regardless of what I've had or the experiences that I've had that have made my subconscious injured. If I'm still reacting to the past, I am never developing my own future. And you'll find greater freedom by releasing those things. And, Absolutely. And, and you know, working on identifying the man you are today and the strengths of that person and how that person can move forward to create their own life dreams. I sent, um, and then I'm done, I'm just going to say this. I sent a, um, a Wonder Ann and Patty a, a lovely little cartoon that I love because it really depicts what I'm saying, and it's called Partly Cloudy. And Partly. it's just a, a little, like, three three-minute YouTube uh, clip about what giving love is and how in giving love, sometimes it's not always, you know, easy on us, but it can make a tremendous change in another's life, even to the point of life-saving. And people can give up on living like like, uh, Wonder Animal's Day. And, you know, you can just give up on living and your soul knows that and resonates with the the universe and with the God powers around us and can remove us from... Our life is a gift, but when it becomes unbearable to us, there is mercy. So what we should do in our living is to try to understand that underneath all the pride and arrogance and stupidity that we act out because of the pain that's been inflicted on us through life, if we can look beyond that and just see the love that we want to share, it can make a a great impact in our lives and in the lives of those around us. But it means letting go of pity, your own self-pity, so that you can grow your strength. So that's all I wanted to say. Wow. I have a comment for her. Yeah, go ahead. Um, when I was listening to your doctor's story, um, yes. I guess I just really have never mentioned this, but my daughter um, had a small lump removed a year ago 
from her breast, and they were watching. And so she had another checkup this year. And um, through the year, she decided she, I tried to make her capsules of turmeric and that, and she's like not wanting to take that. But she said, Mom, I just didn't, she doesn't tell me everything. She said, I started cooking with turmeric and just to put, put it in all our foods. And I get the, the natural that's not been radiated turmeric. Turmeric and um, another uh, Ashwagan or something with inflammation and such. And so she started putting that in cooking in this past year. And she had her, whatever they did, I don't know if they did an ultrasound. I think they did. But it was, the doctor said, noticeably smaller. Whatever it was, it wasn't cancerous. The one before wasn't. But these little areas that were all there were shrinking noticeably on whatever they did. I don't think they did a mammogram. So I thought I would tell you that because that was only with, and knowing her, she's just not one to do, go at something and really throw the whole mud ball at it. She's one of these people that sprinkles a little here and there. So I have no idea how much she was using, but it made a difference in one year. I'm going to have to check into that. I know that uh, I, I, well, I have done some studying, and I did breastfeed. I'm a skinny woman. Uh, I'm, I'm very stringy, muscly, but not, you know, I'm just a hard woman, I guess, hard body. But because I was nursing, um, what I was told is that when you're nursing, and you probably know better than me, um, the milk ducts, when you stop nursing, they dry up, and, and there's a residual of that milk that stays in those ducts and begins to calcify. And, um, yes, and what so it is that, is calcification. Mm-hmm. What did you say? I didn't hear it. That's what they say it is, is like a calcification. However, yeah. she's never even had any children. She's never been pregnant or had any children. She's never, yeah. So okay. that's so a little gonna, bit different whether there's milk there. I'll definitely start using that because I don't feel that I have cancer. And to be honest with you, uh, I, if they told me I had breast cancer, uh, I probably, and, and okay, let's do chemotherapy, I'm not going to do any of that. I mean, I'm not, either I'm going to live or I'm going to die, but I am not going to kill myself through medicine, you know. Um, but well, I was, as a wonder, I sent it to her, and I didn't have all of it, but the Ty Bollinger series was just out, the brand-new series, and my daughter did buy the whole, the, the paperback and the video series. But there's doctors all over the world, and I just sent a note to a friend that has a 25-year-old in the family line that has a brain tumor, and there was a man in um, in one of the testimonials that they, Rochester, they gave him three days to live. And he got a, on a plane in Rochester and went to the Hoxley Clinic in Mexico. And within two weeks, he was totally feeling better. And he is cancer-free. And they gave him three days. So we are not, we need to really be paying attention there is no reason for people to be dying. And the sooner that we stop, like you are sitting questioning, that is so good that you are so patient and questioning, mm-hmm. the sooner we stop giving them the ability to kill us, the sooner 
we are going to see huge changes in what's going on. Right, and I, I really, even though I resent this forced, you know, healthcare issue because I called up my healthcare provider, and um, and I'm paying for what's called silver, which is like the second to the highest end, you know, for so my deductibles are down. And I called up the lady and I said, "Don't I have a doctor where I live?" And she said, "Yeah, there's one in this clinic that's 40 miles from me." And so I I went and talked and found out that clinic has been shut down and they're not even aware of it. And so this lady, I said, well, I don't have a doctor. The lady that did all this with the ultrasound is a nurse practitioner because I didn't want uh, the male doctor to do my pap smear and all that stuff. I'm just not comfortable with that. Um, and and so I had requested a female. So I said to the healthcare, uh, I, uh, you know, I... Uh, I don't have a doctor, and then and then she kind of got she got she said to me, well, you need to follow the the prescriptions of the doctors, and if they say mammogram, you just need to do it. And I said, no, they're not looking at the right records. They're not looking at current records. They're just going by protocol. And then I and then she said, well, you know, you just and I said, so can I just, I mean, I'm paying so much for health insurance and yet I can't get the care I need or I'm being questioned when I ask for it. Can I just cancel my health insurance? And she said, sure you can. And I said, but it's against the law, right? And she said, yes, it is. Oh, so she really stuck. So, but the one benefit How we have... Are, I, I'm, I'm no. not trying to know, but are you old enough to be on Medicare? Medicaid? Medicare? Medicare. No. Okay. I they just put me on Medicare of course when I was 65 but they made me wait. But anyway, then when I got a secondary policy, the lady put me on something that it doesn't cost me any extra money out of my pocket a month. But I've never used it. I use all naturopathic doctors and my insurance won't cover any of it. So I go to all my own doctors, pay all my own bills and I'm on Medicare. And praise the Lord, I've never used it. I'm 68. I've never used my Medicare, and I don't plan to. There's a guy out there named Jason Garza. Sorry for the interruption. He, uh, I guess he doesn't receive his medical care uh, from the uh, because they some they don't want to give him his medical care or whatever. But I, I, sorry for the interruption. I actually lost my train of thought. I like where you're going with this, though. This is this is interesting. You could use Quantum. Well, don't stop because go on from there. Did, did he get? Is he getting other medical care? Because I'm looking for medical insurance, medical care that will treat alternatively and outside the United States. I don't want to be treated by any medical doctors in this country. No, he's not the quality of. of no, he's not the right guy. The I'm not going to take any. He's just a. Mm, he's challenging the system, but the thing about it is he he wants to video his his get the get the receiving of his medical care, and what is happening is they're they're trying to bring charges for harassment against him, you know. But I think oh, it's also Lord. harassment on you to try to tell to tell you that you can't opt out of that, especially when um, I mean I thought that under the Constitution, really, if you're a citizen, really, you know that that the government can't. Uh, you know, delegate for the general welfare, you know, rulemaking or anything like that. Not, not for, I guess, I guess for the military, 
right? But not, and also, you know, armed forces and stuff, but in branches of government, but not, not the sit, not the private citizens. That's what no, I'm but you lost all that. You lost we, it all we're... with the fact of it being a socialistic co- government and a corporation. You are you not are... in charge of it. That's okay. what Obama you are... cares about. Okay. You are also, you're not any different kind of a citizen than the military. You are the same right. kind of citizen right now as the military. They own you just yep. like they own them. You have to opt That's out right. of the whole thing or you're yep. still there. Yeah. And, and what uh, Lola's saying is we have, there's a plan A and a plan B. What I learned, I wanted to opt out of my Medicare, and uh, I was uh, told that, well, the plan A is already paid for. You're not paying anything, but plan B is $104 a month. I said, I'm not using it, ma'am. I don't use it at all. Uh, I don't need the medical field. And uh, she, um, she said, well, you can, you can cancel it. I didn't follow through because I have to do it in December, so I'm still toying with what I want to do. And that's why I had t- uh, Tella on so that we can do a better job of our protecting our bodies so that they well, cannot what I, do stuff. What, I, what my insurance agent did for me, because I'm not familiar with insurance at all, she put me in. I'm not really like, I'm under Medicare, but I am under, I think, Humana, I think. Yeah, I that's, think. that's the auxiliary So I've thing. got it. I've got a total policy under that with a higher deductible, so it covers pretty much everything, but I don't have to pay that secondary insurance, so I don't pay anything out of my pocket, but if I did have to go to the hospital or doctor or whatever, I would have to pay a higher deductible at that time, so it works for me because I don't use it anyway, so nothing comes out of my pocket. Lola, have you gone on, when you get your printout from Social Security, I don't know if it's, it's sometime around now, I think we get it, and you will see that you're paying for an insurance. If you did not yes. opt into B, you're paying $104. It's yes, out of your you're pocket. Right. You're right. Yes, you're right you're with that. Pocket, I, I forgot about that one. That's There's another that one. You're, her you're, month. Yes, your Part B is another different one, but yes, you're, we're paying. She's right. We're paying for it in our Social Security, and we don't even use it. You're, she's right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that. And it's, it's not about being right. It's about keeping our, our druthers here because with Obamacare, as far as I know, and again, that's where Emily is so good because she is a former insurance um, uh, agent broker. I don't know what the caption was, but... She she was saying with the Medicare with the Obamacare, they're shutting down all the insurance companies. Her insurance companies that she had clients paying a premium every month have all been shutting down. So then that means that she doesn't get any paycheck anymore off of that. Correct. And the other side of it too that you have to get is only a selective people. Now, your MANA or whatever one you have, I got one here that's from um, Colonial Penn, and, well, that's Life Insurance Company. I, I get crap 
and I don't want any of their insurance companies because they only select few of government for just what you said. You don't want anything to do with them. No, nothing. I don't want to be treated by any of them. I'm not going to sit and argue with them. I, I, I will save my money and I will figure a way to get to clinics that treat naturally. And right now, my naturopathic doctor, I'm amazed at how well and how quick I get better when I go see him when I'm not feeling well. And he tells me, takes him five minutes to tell me what's the matter. And I didn't go too through two. $15,000 worth of tests. There it's you like, go. Wow. And that's the point. And that's the point that all of us have to hear. It is not an expensive ordeal. It is very much a, a, they're into the money. And if you're not giving them the money, they don't want you around. They don't want to see me. Now, my brother, I have a brother, my third brother, and now get this, my oldest brother died first, my second brother died second, now my third brother. (laughs) So here's a psychological mystery. He is doing, he is in the hospital because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And we found, my father had his aorta replaced when he was about 52. And he died at 54 with an aneurysm. They have since named the disease as a disease for what he had. It's called the L-O-E-Y-S, Lloyd-Dietz Syndrome Disease, which means your aorta expands exponentially and swells up in your cavity, and then it bursts. And I think he's in that garage. All right. And when it bursts, you die. And uh, one of my friends, her father had that happen when he was running a marathon in L.A. It burst. He didn't even know he had it. Then in the last 10 years, they have been really finding out a lot of people have it. Why? Because, again, going back to our nutrition. But they, my, one, my youngest son has had three of those operations, upper, middle, and lower. And wow. it is expansion. He's, he's had everything pretty much replaced in his um, arteries there that are outside of the heart. Now, what I have had another son who's had the upper. Um, we think my oldest brother died of it, and two of his sons have had it. So this is a major thing that's going on, and it's important that you, uh, if you're having any, uh, your family has any hard things, to understand, but it's all about getting back to proper nutritional food, all of it. Why is it affecting just the males in your family, or is it affecting the females too? Well, genetics. That's true, and but mine, mine is, was at a four, a size four, uh, about five to seven years ago. My oldest son, his is at two. So our mind's enlarged, but that doesn't mean, and, and my little granddaughter, my youngest granddaughter, has something with her heart, it's enlarged, or something. But they're not, they have to be very careful on this because of just what we've been talking about, the insurance companies. They will cut you off and never pay for a thing. Or the, as some, one of my teachers and I were talking, they embellish 
on the the bill. They add things wow. that weren't necessarily going on. I've called them up when I was in UCLA and I was in for um, my gallbladder action. I had witnesses with me. And when they sent me this bill of this thing and that thing, I asked the two that were with me. I, I was pretty out of it, but I still was cognizant. And uh, I said, did you see them do any of this? And they said, no. So I wrote them a letter and I said, I had two witnesses with me and they said I never had any of these things done. That bill was taken care of. I never saw it again. Because they were lying. They were lying. It's important you do exactly what Elaine is doing. Question them. My My second son, Jim, when he was in with his ulcerative colitis, he was in, and this kid was, you got a picture, six foot six, uh, weighed probably 250 pounds when he was in top health. He was, he looked like a victim of Auschwitz. He was down to 150 pounds, could barely move around. That's how degenerating ulcerative colitis can be for you. But that didn't mean his brain didn't continue working. And he checked his bill when he got it after the operation. He had a separate colon taken out at 24. And what, what he found was they were padding it. If he got two aspirins, say, on Monday one and Tuesday he got another one, they had him getting aspirin at $24 a pop uh, every day, maybe two and three times a day. Wow. And he called him on it. Mm-hmm. He called him on it. And this is, this is why we need to question. Uh, in, cl- in school t- t- this week, we've been doing, I'm doing my orientation class, and they keep bringing up critical thinking. You need to do critical thinking. I said, I've been doing critical thinking most of my life. These kids don't even know what critical thinking is. They're criticizing, but they aren't doing critical thinking. And uh, I, I twice put in my email on this class, and both of them got dumped. Interesting. So it's important we do start questioning everything we're doing. You were just you were just talking about you were effect, trying to affect uh, some curriculum, and it got dumped. I'm I'm in a class. I graduate in May. This class is called College Orientation. When do you think you'd most need a college orientation? Freshman year. At the beginning, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I took one in the beginning. It was five to six weeks. It was ample. I got to know what what was around the school and stuff like that. That's all I needed to do because I was in one building, basically, and I wasn't into all the other buildings, but I knew where they were, et cetera. It's not a big campus. However, because I dropped out for a year, I was in a new um, year um, protocol, and I had to take, I have to take this orientation. Well, it is, it is the biggest wasted time for taking it all semester long. Do you have to pay for it? Ample. It's, oh, yeah, you have to pay for it. And it's Again. an hour credit. An hour credit, and they want you to put in three hours of work 
on an hour's credit for crap that you should. The kids are all coming in computer lit. They know what a computer is, and they know how to. They know how to get through all of this crap. If they don't, they'll ask each other and get it straightened out. You you learn the campus really fast. It's so ludicrous. And so at the end of the semester, they ask you to critique it. And I was critiquing it and saying, what a waste of time. The best thing you probably could do is six weeks, and that's it. No credit. It's over with. And, um, but they could use financial, um, some financial assistance on managing their own personal finance, which they're finally starting to put in the high school. But they'll, mis- they'll mislead that, too. What in one of my par- uh, chapters on the financial management, it had in there. Now, get this. Over the last maybe 20, 25 years, college students have been given credit cards and credit cards and credit cards. Many of them had to drop out of school because they were bankrupt because of so much credit card debt. They couldn't even go to school. They were in, they didn't tell their parents. Many of them committed suicide, all this other stuff. But who was giving the credit cards? The credit card companies. And so what the famous uh, President O said, well, we'll forbid all the college students from taking any credit cards. Excuse me? Why don't you go to the companies and say you cannot send it to anybody under this age limit? But they, they didn't do that. They put it on the kids who didn't know anything about financing and made them the bad guys. You were a bad guy for taking those credit cards. They wouldn't have even had credit cards if they hadn't been sent to them. So I, I got is, you. This is, a crazy, this is a craziness of what's going on, pointing the finger at the wrong person, making the person be the bad guy when they, weren't even, they were total innocent. I mean, here's a 17, 18-year-old kid getting a credit card. Man, that's great. My dad gave me a credit card when I was, oh, I think I was 17. But he was, and I think I've told the story, he gave me the credit card and hung onto it as I was trying to pull it out of his finger so I could run to the store and buy something. But his parting words were, here's your credit card. Anything you buy, the bill will come in your name and you will pay it. Can't you see all the pop balloons? Dang, that was no fun. (laughs) I know. So you can tell all my little balloons of purchasing things went right out the window. My dad was not a wealthy man. He couldn't have afforded the stuff I was already envisioning. And I have a cousin who <laughs> she was in debt most of the time because of credit card, no control on the credit card. So, uh, wonder? Yeah. I have to go because I'm at a job. But I just Thanks for having the call. And everyone, thanks for uh, the feedback. And it was a pleasure, as always. I'm learning. Thank you. Well, uh, one thing, be sure and email me so we can work on something about uh, the topic yes. we were talking about with the, uh, the sex thing. Yep, okay. Yes, uh, that I'm, is something that has to be done, and we have to get it into common law that this is 
We don't have to teach the kids sex before Absolutely. they even get out of the womb. Come on. That's okay. right. I agree. Wow. Exactly. Now, I want to be proactive about that, so I'll be talking to you soon, okay? Okay, babe. You got it. All right. It. Bye, you guys. Okay. I'm doing all open. Bye. Love you. Love you. Love, love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Keep love me in you. Love you, baby. I'm Hi. sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Love you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and so much of what we are, and and it's interesting. He's changed his thing to one life to live. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sounds like he's been watching the soap operas again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to hear the soap opera up here? My well, nephew's my nephew's in jail again. He got well. They came to his girlfriend's house to arrest her. Because she didn't go to court, and he happened to be under her bed, so they got a two-for-one. So his dad, his dad stopped by here last night, and I said, I thought her grandmother was taking care of her. And she said, he said, yeah, that's kind of the story. I said, well, what happened to her mother? And he said, well, she seemed to uh, cut the father's head off. <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> I said, what? And he said, yeah, the mother killed the father by cutting his head off. And I'm going, oh, my God, I am in the wrong family. I am in the wrong town. I am the wrong planet. And I love this little girl. She is so sweet. Oh, my God, you guys. (laughs) The mother killed the father by cutting his head off. The yes. one is sweet that cut the head off, or their little daughter is? The daughter is sweet. I don't know where the mother is, and I don't know where the grandmother lives. And I know both kids are in jail now, so they're safe. But, oh, my God. And, and, when and did he cut also, the head off? I don't know. I don't know. any. William didn't have any of the particulars. I, At the time he told me, I was in a state of shock kind of listening mm-hmm. to this. At the same time, he was telling me how awful the pot Greg has is that he stole from me because it wasn't ready, and he still got it, and he's still trying to smoke it. <laughs> so Did you say I hope you get a I hope you get a headache also? By the way, I said I said here have some of this good stuff, but don't let Greg smoke any of it. He said, Oh, I won't. He's drunk all the time now, Patty, and it's horrible. And I said, well, I did talk to your mother, and she said, for sure, he's not moving back in with her. So if you have to, William, kick him out. <laughs> That's right. That's where oh. it goes. Oh, my God. It's lovely up here. <laughs> Sounds like it's But I'm Peyton really Blake. happy. I am really, uh, really happy. Jerry. We have Where's Jerry on the line. Jerry's on the line. Jerry, how are you doing? Hello. Hello, how are you doing, baby? Okay, okay. I'm enjoying what I'm hearing. My doctor asked me, well, not really. I guess it's my doctor. My family wanted me to go to a doctor that doctors older people. Well, I already told you he asked me whether I had a flu shot, and I said no. And he said, why? And I remember what I told him. I told him I got a flu shot. And 
and he tried to talk to me about the importance of that, and then he asked me how I felt about having a flu shot. I said, I don't want one. I guess he thought I was going to say, okay, I better have one. And then he asked me about a mammogram. When did you have your last mammogram? I said, after I had my breast surgery. (laughs) I I left breast removed for cancer. And he said, "Why, why aren't you getting mammograms? I said, because I don't believe in them. I don't want one. So I, you know, I really feel like I got a modern doctor. I really feel like this new doctor is very modern. That he's got how a, modern? How modern? modern meaning? I think you better get your um, flu shot. I think you need to get a mammogram. Gosh, I haven't had one for so long. He said, "Well, when did you have your?" breast surgery, I said, in 1999. Mm, mm, mm. So I haven't had a mammogram since then, and I, well, you know, I have to tell you, I've had thyroid cancer, and I've had a mammogram, and both of those cancers, I found out myself. I told my husband something was going on with my throat. It bothered me so much. It wasn't painful. It was annoying. Mm -hmm. And I went to the doctor, throat, you know, doctor, and he couldn't find anything. And I said, do I have a little, do I have a little lump here? And oh my goodness, how amazing that I could find this myself. Mm-hmm. We're going to send you to the Carmel. I lived in California then because Salinas didn't have that kind of a test. So I had to have some kind of medication. When this machine went over me, it sounded like uh, somebody was playing a pinball machine, you know, and you bump it so the ball goes and hits some more things and click it. And then when that finally finished, I had to go and the doctor stood behind me while I was on this little high stool just feeling every part of my neck and then he would go and look at that reading that the machine gave him and then he took me back to the place where the machine did the reading like he didn't believe what he saw so what he saw he you know I couldn't get the information other than from my doctor and he said well You have a cold module, and what it means is that it should come out that there's no hurry, no hurry at all. 
Well, it annoyed me so much when Gerald said, well, we'll go back to Iowa and you can have it done. I uh, We're no more prepared to go back to Iowa than a man in the moon. I said, no, I'm going to have it taken care of right away. And Mm -hmm. I had surgery, and when I got out of surgery, I said, was that cancerous? And he said, yes, it was. We took the whole thyroid. And I had no idea why I said that. I wondered whether my subconsciousness picked up something that was going on in surgery from the doctors or something that I asked that question. Because I didn't didn't suspect cancer before I went in or anything. And with my breast cancer, I had this lump kind of under my arm. I'd have to kind of lift my arm and I could with my fingertips kind of outline this lump that was in my underarm. And I asked my husband one night to feel of it, and it didn't like that. It kind of gave after, um, you know, like, you've been playing around with this, and this does not feel good. And so I went to the doctor, and he said, oh, I don't think that's anything. We could probably just do an aspiration. But he said, one thing we can do is an ultrasound. And I said, well, will that find it out? And he said, oh, yeah. So he said, you can have an ultrasound right now, but I won't see you, but uh, anymore today, but you can go, you know, it's right in the same building. And she couldn't find anything. And I said, well, let me lay on my side. I'll put my arm up and you will definitely know what I'm talking about. And she said, oh my, okay. She felt it. She took a test and just that quick I was finished. She said, let me give this to the doctor. I'm sure he'll see you. I said, no, he's not going to see me anymore today. But he did. And Mm -hmm. he was wrong. He told me I would have to have surgery. And so I said, okay, tomorrow. He said, what? (laughs) We don't do surgery that quick. You don't get I said, what makes the difference? I'm not going to worry anymore if you put it off to a later date than I would anyway. It doesn't matter if it needs to have surgery. I want it done right away. And I did have it done right away. And then the result was I had to, you know, either keep my breast or have radiation, which I would not do radiation. That lady got very upset with me. I told her I did not want to be burnt with radiation. No, 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 no problem. No, I don't know what happened. She was a Filipino or something. I don't know. But she did not like me because I refused her treatment. And I had my breast removed and... 
You know, that was back in 1999. I haven't had anything else, but I don't want to have a breast um, mammograms, and I don't want to be, because I found that problem, and I found my thyroid problem. And see, you know your body better than these medical people, and that's the thing they really do not like. You, you're not supposed to know your body. Excuse me, I'm with it every day. You're and not. How come they ask you what's wrong with you when you walk in their office? Well, right. to be honest with you, I had this aneurysm of my aorta. You know, that's really mm-hmm. serious. I could die real quick with that. It was like they're putting a fear in me, but I really wasn't fearful of it. But this time when I go to the doctor, he said, it's time to have have that taken care of. And I thought, well, what makes him know it's time? Does he have a new car or something? Yeah, he needs to pay off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I said, no, I don't want it done yet. And, well, try to make me fearful. It's really at the place where it needs to be taken care of. So I had it taken care of, and I got my stroke, you know. Yep. And I truly, in my feelings about it, I truly do not feel like I needed this urgency about having it done. Now, since I had it done, and you have a valve in you that's not your natural one, you know, they studied and decided, they gave me aspirin, thank God I don't take aspirin anymore, that I need to have Coumadin. Which I really don't want to have. And my daughter's in the medical field. She works for a hospital that has all kinds of doctors in it. So, you know, it's really important to her that I take this medicine. It's so. Validates her. I know it. And I, and Gerald. He just feels like he's going crazy with, he's thinking his mind is forgetting that he just can't keep on this, and he feels terrible in the head at times. He said, I got to get off of this. You guys need to start smoking pot. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said. I said you need to start smoking pot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be eating and laughing. My daughter gave and... me a cigarette when I had my <laughs> chemo that I had to have. And she said, well, Mother, you're going to need it and just keep it and you can smoke it. Well, I totally forgot about it and forgot all about having that cigarette, and I ran across it one day when I was sorting out my drawer of the, in my office, 
And I said, oh, my God, here's this cigarette. And I threw it away. And I told her about it. And she said, well, you, you should have gave it back to me. <laughs> Was it a marijuana cigarette? I don't know what she planned to do with it, but I said, well, I'm sorry. I threw it away. Was it a marijuana one? That's what uh, Patty was asking. I think so. Well, yeah. If it was a normal cigarette, nobody would react like that. Her daughter wouldn't have reacted after like that. I got out of the hospital and my therapy for my stroke, I had such pain in my side. Well, they thought it might be that kind of like a pimple on your ovary when you're having your period, you know, how you can mm. have that maybe that broke, and actually because they gave me oxy, what, some kind oxy. of a drug for pain. And a, uh-huh. Yeah, oxy. and the, I threw it away. I had that and another one, and I said, I'm not going to have this drug in the house that they're trying to get kids to go on, I think. I don't I don't have any proof of that. I shouldn't say that, but you know, kids are getting heroin and all kinds of things now and are dying younger than they should from overdoses and I just thought, Well, I have a lot of grandchildren and I'm not gonna have this drug on my counter. It's not gonna be tempting anyone. Good. And I good think I threw it down the toilet. I hope the little fish got a good charge out of it. Fish, <laughs> <laughs> you went down the stream singing a song. <laughs> yeah. There's so but, much that can... You know, I have down. a lot of distrust, like Lola, yeah. for... The medical, you know, they get paid for everything. They used and I to care whether we lived or died. premium for insurance. Yep. And I got something and I said, call them up and I said, who are you? Are you a new insurance? And they said, yes. I said, are you connected with Mercy Hospital? Yes, we are with the doctor's. And he said, oh, you better check with your insurance and make sure. He said, are you insured? I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, you better check with them and make sure they'll cover you. Like, he said, they may not cover you anymore. I said, well, what? why wouldn't they? If I pay my premium, I should have my coverage. Right. He said, well, I'm just telling you. I said, why? Are you not going to cover people? It's like I better have their insurance. They're the oh. owners of it. And they, they have no business talking hospital. to you that way. Oh, my oh. God. What was they, that you said? I said they had. he had no business talking to her like that. How old are oh, you, Jerry? Yes, 
Mercy Hospital doesn't cover you now because why? Because all these doctors own the insurance. Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, I didn't get it. But I did call because I automatically get a card that Mm -hmm. says I'm insured. Yeah. And I called her up, and she said, well, Jerry, you own your insurance. You've never had any problem in the past. True, I haven't. However, I don't want to be surprised and have something go on and say, we're not going to cover it. She said, no, you're not going to have any problem. And I said, well, everything." seems so questionable that I really am not sure of anything when it comes to health care. So I guess after December 7, I don't have an opportunity to change. My girlfriend... And I got dumped. I got dumped. I got dumped and my battery's dying, so... Uh, oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't quit yet. Oh, it's not you. <laughs> it's not you. It's, it's hear you. I heard you was on the phone. No, she got dumped, too. She's hung up. I think her oh, dog was barking. Okay, must have well, something. maybe it's time I, I do the same thing. We've been on well, here four off. hours, you guys. I know, we're hot kids. <laughs> but, um, oh, we lost um, a non-member. That was the author. And so but let's see if we can still do the Ho'opono. I think that's still important. And just do the healing for yourself, but spread it out. So whatever you're healing, it may heal, help someone else. So let's see what that is. So let us start with... Uh, I'm going to start with the way that it was in the article I wrote. Uh, I didn't write. That was written by Dr. Len. And it starts out with, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank 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 you. you. I love you. I love you. Love you. There you are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please, Please forgive, forgive me. Forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. And and no matter what way you say it, it's the right way for you. So that's what we came to the conclusion. So. For anything that's going inside you, and, and what we've learned, Jerry, is that it is a forgiveness prayer. It's a ho-ho-pono-pono from Hawaii, and I sent it out, and I hope I got one sent to you. It's, your name is way down, so i got to get you back up on the high end of my list. And it's uh, a story of how a psychologist healed some mentally ill people. And what his point is, you have to heal within you first. So by doing the ho'opono every day, heal within you so that these medicines all tend to be just your body's healing 
and that medicine's going to go away so that you don't have to do that stuff and uh, do all the crazy stuff you're doing. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. I guess we lost uh, Colin even. He dropped off. So let's go. You talked about Henry Manning. He was a customer with me, with Malaluka. So I called him, but they said that the number was, that it was disconnected, no longer in service. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that's right. I wonder, Tim. I have felt that he is gone. Well, I knew he planned to move, but he was also with um, Elaine. What is that call that we did with Mark Hamilton? Oh, yeah, Elaine out of with yeah, yeah. yeah. What is so, the name of it? That's what, me, um, Yeah. I'm not sure what name. I don't call it anymore because I don't send them any money. It's $30 a month. Oh, this isn't that, Elaine. Yeah, and that's that's the problem with most of us, that we don't want to give that money to them because they're still wanting to manipulate things, and I'm I'm not willing to be manipulated anymore. So, no. Okay, right, I understand. I got a strange letter from, and I don't know how they can't, you sent it to me. It came from Washington, D.C., and it's backed by Huckabee and Santorum, and I don't know, different familiar names, but I don't know what they stand for either. But they're talking about Christians getting killed and our military men not having the right to stand up for what they believe. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I've heard these stories before, and I have no idea what is something I should do or shouldn't do anymore. And, of there, course, if you feel bad about what they're saying, then reply right away, and then they have the options of what dollar you might like to check that you would be sending along with your reply, because, of course, they need money, and I uh, I think I'll just put this aside. I wonder if it really needs money. No, it's it. There are many con games going on, Jerry. And the less you know. sign into any of that stuff, the you better. You have money for yourselves. Yeah, you need it yourselves. And uh, yeah, part I, of what we're finding, part of what we're finding is that there's just a lot of cons going on. Oh, everybody's trying to sell everything right now because. Jesus is coming, or whatever. Something big is about to happen, and everybody knows it. And now all the crooked ones are really hitting you hard. Boy, I keep winning all this money. Oh, shoot. I met my husband's cousin. I was speaking with him today, 
And he said, well, they've made him president of this. It's something to do with Russia. It's the name, and he's the president. And he said, if you really want to give to something that is doing good work, he gave me this name, and um, I have a lot of respect for my husband's cousin, but I don't particularly believe that I need to send to that either. No. He there is, you go. He is told me to go down where the old library is in Des Moines and how impressed I will be because they have the GMOs and many people would be dead today if it wasn't for those GMOs that have kept babies and everybody alive. The GMOs have kept them alive? Yes, yes. Because after all, they now have a crop because they've made the plant um, stronger and able to produce. And they're not... not, um, In other words, you know that why they've made a lot of those um, products is to make um, corn, you know? What is it? It's not good to eat that corn. There you go. And he probably thinks that the chemtrails are producing wonderful things for the plants. I don't know. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I had people, I, uh, this gal that I was, uh, she's the bus driver for the bus I'm on, and I said, oh, look at those chemtrails. She said, oh, you see those all the time. They've been always around. I said, those are chemical trails. They are not contrails from uh, the... Um, from airplanes, passenger airplanes. She said, no. I said, yes, that's what, that's what we call chemtrails. And they have been poisoning our system since the Second World War. And she said, well, you learn something new every day. And she's <laughs> seen them, and she never knew what they were. She just yeah. saw they were streaked across the, the sky. Uh, so... But let's let's close it up and let's give uh, um, our Jerry a nice big hug so that she is able to oh, get out of here. You know what I mean? Our yes. Jerry. Yes. Okay, Jerry, we're ready for you, girlfriend. So we're going to put our big arms around you and all your family and give them a hug and spread it across this country because... Our phones are all going to die. <laughs> so let me. Okay. You, you get a thing. There's a wonderful story I, I have to resend to you. It's about Iowa and how the Iowa City voted out the 
the socialist. So it's good. So I'll send okay. it to you, baby. Good. I want right. to receive them. Yeah, you got it. All right, sweetie. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. We both wear down at the same. <laughs> uh-huh. And Rambo just but got you- out of bed. The dogs want to go outside now. <laughs> oh, there they go. They know the sound. That's yep. it. Uh- yep. All right, kids. Have See a good you next one. week unless they week. blow us all up. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises, promises. <laughs> yep. Love Have a all. good one. Okay, bye love bye. you all too. Bye-bye. Bye, Jerry. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.